Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DeathLordProds.com comic book podcast, our bi-weekly podcast that we always do on time. <laughs> Shh. As always, I'm Shh. dead. Today day we got Birdie. Are we here? And Nico. Howdy, Hauser. It sounded like you tried to do like a non-committal fucking Arnold. That's right. How the house You need to be talking about the comic books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where we slap huge muscles together yeah. <laughs> in a manly hand. Killing you, son of a bitch. <laughs> Too much time pushing pencils. Fuck you, Trump. <laughs> I'm better than the apprentice. <laughs> fucking guy. Anyway. You know, right? The news my way, Love Child is now a producer on the show. <laughs> Maids, am I right? Anyway. So, so if anyone um, cares who watches this show, I, I assume someone does. At uh, least Dead one. Man has, uh, Dead Man has not read the ending of Shattered Grid yet. I know that's probably going to be talked about. Absolutely. I am working my way up there, and I should be there in the next show or two. I have just been busy being horribly depressed and not sleeping. Was was that the uh, power? Other than sorry to hear that. Yeah, that's that's the that was the storyline with them from all different generations or something like that. Yeah, it's Power Power Rangers. uh, Fucking Dracon, evil Tommy Oliver, like butt fucks time. Right. Yeah. I remember you guys, I think, last talked about that when I came on a little buzz that one episode. <laughs> yeah. The last issue I read was Saban's Go Go Power Rangers, issue 12, where I believe evil future Kimberly had gone to kill Dracon, and then he was like, nah, bitch. And then, like, time happened. Yeah. But anyway, uh, but on this episode, we have stuff. Yes, we do. Like we usually do. I am still a few months behind, but I am catching up. Like I said, next couple of shows. Dead man's work ethic. He's trying. Yeah. That's my that's my entire work ethic. I'm late. Not that great. But damn it, man, I'm trying. I'm doing this for $9 a month. It's not bad. It's more than I thought. <laughs> yeah, that one fucking patron's keeping me going. Just every month, I get a fucking cheese pizza. And that's what I have for the month. Anywho. In other news, thanks, Mom. <laughs> a special shout out. Yeah, special shout out to the real patron of this show, my mother. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, you guys want to shit on Marvel a bit? Sure. <laughs> uh, where where do we start? There's so much right now. I'll start with the Hulk. <laughs> okay, good. I've read this, and while I hated the last Hulk book as it went along, I'm not sure this is an effective replacement. <laughs> it is not. But I will say this, at least it didn't go to fucking space. <laughs> this is the, the, the horror ha- book? Yeah, the, yeah, this is, well, yeah. well, horror book. Right. 
The horror book? Yeah. Is that what you're calling it? <laughs> no, no, it's air quotes horror. horror. <laughs> right. Well, that's the, this is what the they did. Biggest, they... biggest uh, <laughs> air quotes. I think Power Rangers is more horrifying than this sometimes. This is, this oh, is what yeah, they man. described it as anyways when they pitched the book. No, yeah, and, and that's, I, that's the aesthetic they're going for, for with the covers and everything. All the covers look like fucking... EC Comics from the 50s. Mm. Yeah, like, yeah, EC Comics as drawn by fucking... What's his fucking name? Uh, he does the... He did the R- fucking... Richard Corbin? No, he... Richard... Uh, it, no. The aesthetic it was going forward to me, at least, it looked like the fucking... Um, Bernie Wrightson? No, Kingdom Come guy. Oh, oh Alex, Alex Ross. Ross. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking of EC type people. Okay. No, it, no, it looks like it looks like EC by way of Alex Ross. Okay. I will say though, I've I, I mean, before you you go into this book, uh, this book has its fans. Some people are liking this book. Yeah, I've read it. I'm... I but I from what I'm hearing from other comic readers that I've talked to, some people are enjoying it, uh, which. I guess I've it's seen it's articles that suggest that. Um, I don't agree with those people. Sure. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing with Neo Batgirl, man. Mm-hmm. There's a fan yeah, for it, everything. It, sure, yeah, it's just not their thing. But but it does sound like they're trying something different, maybe. I don't know. Not, eh, not really, no. It's still, it's the, still okay. the same. They changed the tone a bit, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's, like, like it's now that, just now that a ghost, Hulk story. Yeah, so now that Ghost Rider is off in space fucking burning space souls or whatever, they need somebody on Earth to do that. And that's where the Hulk comes in. Hey, I like that book. Cosmic Ghostwriter. <laughs> Don't just that book. I, I'm not I'm not just that book. I'm using that I'm using that book as a lead into a joke about this book. Go for it. Yeah, so this book starts out with a guy robbing a gas station, uh shooting a twelve year old girl and Bruce Banner. Later that day, Bruce Banner wakes up as the Hulk. Because the conceit of this book is that whenever Bruce Banner dies, he becomes the Hulk. Uh, and we okay. get yeah yeah, and then we get to see the Hulk and he, in his all in all his big fucking bulbous glory because like the Hulk's always been big, but like fuck me, he looks big here. <laughs> this isn't. Oh, I don't know what to, I don't know how to feel about the artwork for this book because like the bulbous design has been done well by uh, who's the guy who worked with Loeb uh, McGinnis yeah yeah McGinnis like that worked fine for that book except on female characters <laughs> I, I don't know how to feel about this because like I it's kind of blah yeah like there's nothing. It's it's like it's like with coloring especially they're trying to go for that horror aesthetic like they have the Hulk a lot of the time he's kind of underlit with like very heavy shadows on top but everything else is like very brightly glowing green uh, the backgrounds are all very darkly colored uh, a lot of just kind of flat colors on the people but it doesn't really add anything when the artwork can't really carry any kind of horror vibe like the artwork is fine but it doesn't it it doesn't aid the tone it does not really. Hmm. It's just kind of there. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, the idea with it is like, dude kills a kid, and Bruce Banner, cult comes out, he goes and tracks him down, and then says like, yo, you fucking killed a kid. And he's like, oh god, am I a bad person? He's like, let's find out. Uh, then does the weakest shit I've ever seen the Hulk do, which is leave a guy alive. Oh yeah, oh, he, he does that a lot. 
Oh, he didn't kill the killer? No, no. This this guy this guy shot a kid in front of him, then shot Bruce Banner, then shot the Hulk, and the Hulk left him alive and able to eat semi-solid foods in a hospital bed. Yeah. Now, to be fair, a later issue does something kind of dark with the leaving him alive, with the leaving the villain alive thing, because in mm. one of the later issues, uh, the Hulk finds a guy who's like leaking radiation, like that villain from Batman Beyond. Okay. Blight? Yeah, Blight. But um, in that case, what he does is he buries him under a hundred feet of solid rock so that his radiation can't leak out and hurt anyone. Yeah, but like that is a... That is an ironic hellish punishment. This is, oh, I have like five years of physical therapy, but other than that, I'll be fine. I've been looking at some of the art for this book online here, and they have a black and white image instead of the colored version of one of the scenes I just posted for you guys. It looks a lot better in black and white than it does in color. Oh, hell yeah. It it actually looks way more actually scary looking than the scene in color. Yeah, actually kind of. I think it's just yeah, looks like well because black and white is naturally more suited to like the 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 tone contrast thing that you would want mm. for horror. Yeah, like, like I know if, it's it, a Hulk book, but th- th- if they went and did something like this for the book, that now that'd be a, a gutsy yeah, move. The, oh yeah, just the colors light. are like yeah, but the thing about black for and a white is book, that you yeah yeah, and but because it's a horror book, you don't the the colors are too warm. Like I don't normally comment on that kind of thing because that kind of art. Sure. That that art planning shit's not really my thing, but yeah, we're here to shit on stories and characters, man. But in this in this case, if you're going to go for this tone, you kind of want more washed out, lurid, either like mm. a, like a grayed out green or like a kind of mm. ugly, messy green. And this doesn't mm. go for either. It's just kind of the normal. Yeah, you, green. you want you want something sickly, and this is way too vibrant. Yeah, because, like, I'm even looking at some of the other preview art for these issues, and the artist, like you guys are saying in particular, along with the colors, which I guess also don't help, it just, it makes it look very comic booky. and I think if they're going yeah, for a, a horror feel, then it should have something more, like, the thing I posted, or, like, something, like, more darker, yeah. Yeah, uh, blacks, lean, lean more into the e- Yeah, lean more into the EC it, comic side of things, or, yeah. like, fuck, or, like, fuck, go back to, like, a similar kind of like design aesthetic to like the original Hulk stuff. Cause that original Hulk stuff did like, did a similar kind of like horror ish thing, just an artwork at least. Mm. Yeah. Well, cause, and cause the original Hulk stuff was coming out around the same time as EC comics. So there was a lot more of a horror. And of course the, the original, uh, issue of, uh, I can't remember which series tales to tales, tales to astonish tales to astonish that the Hulk was introduced in went for kind of like a, a, late 50s early 60s mm. horror thing for the design mm. yeah it's like mm. radiation courses through his veins horribly mutating him into a new monstrosity like the thing is because people love like the the wrestler style bashing shit that goes on with the Hulk they often forget that it was originally just conceived as a Jekyll and Hyde thing sure with a with super strength yeah mm. instead they wanted to come out and go like fucking full Brock Lesnar but then it just became like, yeah, I, I want big guy smash things, smash other people, right? Instead of like the yeah, and the misunderstood yeah, instead, like instead of the I mean? psychological like, uh, torment of a person having a monster living inside of them. Right, right. So, and this feels like I mean, and I'm not against like more 
action-oriented comics. And one of my favorite comics ever is uh, Planet Hulk and World War Hulk, and that's oh, just that, like those, those two are fucking great, epic action things. But sure. if you're gonna go the horror direction, go the horror fucking direction. Go. This this feels like a half step. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, like with what you were saying, Birdie, but of like we got a later issue does this like. Like, yeah, later issue might be fine. This is the first issue. No, I know. You I need to fucking I, put your best bloody foot forward. But that's been a problem with a lot of new Marvel comics recently is that the first issue is often a really bad first impression. Like the fucking uh, the Avengers book. Yeah. That's at, that left such a bad first impression. Now, granted, it gets worse afterwards, but that's... <laughs> It started out in the wrong foot and kept falling uphill. But yeah, with it, with the Immortal Hulk, they have they have an idea here of like an avenging Angel Hulk kind of thing, and having just Bruce Banner's constantly die over and over again. Because like fuck that guy, I guess. <laughs> they killed him once, and it did so well for the numbers. They might as well do it every issue. And. Yeah, like, they have the, like, decent idea. They just are failing and actually executing it in a way that is at all engaging. And it just feels like... It, it, it essentially feels like you're reading, like, an old, like a regular Hulk book while occasionally a dude in the back goes, woo. Yeah, like I said, it's a half step. It's, like, it's not fun or action-packed like some of the best Greg Pak, more action-oriented Hulk books. But it's not hor- it's not as, like horrifying as some of the like early goofy sick like taking the tone of the co- and the datedness of the comics aside the tone of those early hulk books is horror so yeah like they they, they don't describe hulk as like some kind of hero or like oh yeah he's so fucking badass it is like oh he is a lumbering monster yeah so this that's too bad because yeah. this sounded like a good opportunity to do something original no, no, no. again good idea yeah no commitment to it. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know if that's the, on the, I don't know much about this author who made this book. It's, he doesn't leave Al- much. Al of, Ewing. Yeah. He doesn't leave much of a lasting impression on me. If I'm being perfectly honest, he, he did the, um, that ultimates book I talked about and I enjoyed, um, the, the one where they were like the science team one. I think you read the first volume, Birdie? Oh, that book, right. Yeah, for yeah. some reason I thought you were talking about the god-awful Ultimate Universe no. Ultimates. No, 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 no. Yeah, let's no. see here. Okay. He was uh, New Avengers, uh, Jennifer Blood, Loki, Agent of Asgard. Remember that? Fucking yeah. book? Yeah. Mars Attacks, Judge Dredd. Yeah, he did, yeah, apparently he's done a lot of work for like 2000 AD. One of the only things I remember that I have liked to of his was the yeah, that Ultimates book. Yeah, which it, it could have been better if it wasn't linked to the god awful Civil War two thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's true. Fucking, that really fucking brought that book down. Fucking Civil War two. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. So yeah, this book was kind of a disappointment for me. Same here. It. I've read more of it than Dead Man has, and it's just got it. Yeah. Aside from the fact that they're, I think they're building up to Hulk versus the Avengers again. Oh I my god, we've never point. seen it before. Maybe it's like a vision coming. Woo! 
Well, the only thing that's going to make this any different is that it's going to involve uh, Jin as Other Hulk. Not She-Hulk, because She-Hulk doesn't exist currently, just Other Hulk. Now she exists a bit if you're not in any of the books where she is. Oh, right, you did tell me that proper lawyer Jennifer Walters was in uh, the Deadpool book. Yeah, and um, also in uh, Spider-Gwen. Oh, right, yeah, I remember that. Vaguely. Yeah, she shows she shows up and just straight rips fucking Hulk Hogan's shtick. Yeah. Like, she's out there defending fucking Gwen Stacy, and she's like, all right, let me tell you something, brothers. Want to wrap these 24-inch pythons around this case? <laughs> and I'm just like, what, fucking seriously? Fuck you, dude. You can't even write your own gimmick? That was that that moment that right there. Oddly enough, Jennifer fucking Walters ripping off Hulk Hogan is the worst Spider Gwen has gotten. Yeah, and even then, that's still that's still somewhat unintentionally amusing. Ah, <laughs> uh, just make your own fucking gimmicks, people. I don't have a lot of stake in wrestling, but one thing I can like actually. One thing I could say, like, hey, they do this. People fucking commit to their gimmicks. And so having, so having a person, so having, having a character, having a professional writer not write a new gimmick, that feels sad to me. Eh. It's probably just me, but whatever. Anyway, you have anything else to say about this book? I don't. Oh, uh, no, yeah, fuck this book. Nico, continue the shit. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> another shitty Marvel book. Well, a hunt for Wolverine, Dead Ends. Let's pinch this thing off. <laughs> and that's exactly what this is. The dead fucking end of a shitty bunch of miniseries that because they've if done. There's, because whereas, whereas Marvel is just indifferent to the Hulk, they fucking hate the X-Men at this point. Oh, yeah. Which is... <laughs> Which is, it is, that is, that is still a completely odd thing to me, even though I entirely understand it. There, it's, it seems, I'm going to say it, <laughs> put it out in the world there and see what happens because, uh, God knows how many times I've said this in recent memory, but it seems as once again, they're trying to <laughs> right in the X-Men ship there and over at Marvel <laughs> because, uh, yeah, after they with, fucked oh, that's going to take more than, a, they're going to have to set it afloat again yeah. if they want to write that ship. <laughs> with, their, with their newest miniseries, The Extermination, which has been overused that name at this point oh, uh, <laughs> for X-Events. Um, they're, they're currently, uh, wiping out all of that. (laughs) They're currently wiping out all of, uh, Bendis's doing with the, the fucking time displaced. The use of these jokes is getting excessive. (laughs) We need to excise this poor excuse for a fucking event. Miko, you're closer to him than me. Exsanguinate dead man. <laughs> the miniseries has been somewhat exceptional so far, actually. Man, fuck, we'll we can be that. X-Men writers. Uh, astonishingly, uh, this hunt for fuck Wolverine... <laughs> this hunt for Wolverine was all new, and it was... God, is it uncanny as well? <laughs> it is very uncanny, yes. No, yeah, um, it's something about genocide, I don't know. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> 
basically this hunt for Wolverine Dead Ends issue was a one shot written by Charles Soule. Um, art brought by some Rosanis guy. I don't know his first name. Uh, I think he did the Ant-Man book that Nick Spencer wrote. Uh, the art was okay. Uh, but it, this was the one shot that basically t- was the ending issue to like the four Hunt for Wolverine miniseries that have been going on these past few months, which absolutely solved nothing because it was just a bunch of teams kind of searching for clues on Wolverine and his where his st- his whereabouts. Meanwhile, Wolverine had this thing in a bunch of Marvel books where he showed up for one page over the last few months, like yep. like he's he's been on a journey. So we've been seeing him in other books, but yet all these people can't find. Him. Meanwhile, he's just going on a fucking road trip across America. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. And like, like one of the tie-in books, it's called it's called a Weapon Lost. Right. The, there's a bit in there where fucking Forge shows up, and because he can speak all languages, he speaks the internet. Of course, he's Forge. <laughs> yeah, and so he. Using a smartphone, accessed the accessed all the internet and found every possible mention of seeing Wolverine around the world, and there are apparently fucking thousands. There are how many? Thousands, what? like like in like fucking hundreds and hundreds in every single continent. Right, and meanwhile they can't find. Him. Yeah, <laughs> and he shows up everywhere at once. Yeah. Like, is this going to be like a fucking three Jokers kind of thing where there are just fucking like seven uh, Wolverines? I don't know. At the end of this issue, if you were wondering if he shows up, he doesn't. Of course he doesn't. <laughs> he's too busy um, being a long-haul trucker with the time stone. I did, a, I did luckily avoid the cash grab of those fucking Wolverine miniseries because I'm like, you know what? I know they're not going to find him in any of these miniseries, and, and none of the creative teams interested me enough to check it out. So I'm like, okay, I'll just wait for the inevitable return. So that, so I picked up this issue because this was supposed to just tell you what happened after all those miniseries and lead you into the return of Wolverine, which is next month with Charles Soule. Also wrote Death of Wolverine, which I didn't okay. like. Ooh, you're <laughs> this is okay, Dead Man. This is a weird tie to something Nico and I are going to talk about in a later episode. Mm. But Promethea technically speaks computer code also. Does she speak all languages? That's her power? Uh, I don't think that's her power. I well, there you go. Had... The, yeah, Forge's power is he speaks and understands all languages. So he speaks internet. Well, Not code, well, just the internet. Well, yeah, I think that's just because it's more like he he can like make anything or fix anything. Like tech, like like isn't he like just with technology? He's good. Uh, like, no, I think, no, th- 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 I think that's a different guy, also named Forge. Are you serious right now? Or <laughs> I think so. Okay, this isn't the Forge like with the ponytail. Yeah, I or thought whatever. Forge like, was like the, the <laughs> guy with like oh, the sorry. armor. Who I forgot the I sorry I've had Forge name a lot. I'm building a D and D character named Forge. I got the name mixed up. It's Cipher. Oh, oh, is that the inhu? Is that the inhuman guy? Um, or no? Because there's an because in- remember Charles Soule wrote that. Apparently, in one of these miniseries, Charles Soule has that inhuman detective guy from that fucking Inhumans. Yeah, series weapons he lost. Did. Right. Okay. I, I yeah. haven't read any of these, but I- anyways, just, in this, in this just issue, for anybody the- wondering, weapons lost right. is about Daredevil, <clears throat> who was hired. Yeah, Daredevil, who was hired by fucking Kitty Pride to use his to use his well known detective skills to find Wolverine. So he hired the fucking Inhumans cop with the flashlight eyes, Misty right. Knight, and Cypher. <laughs> okay. You know, um, the dream team. 
that's the other thing. So Charles Soule is currently writing Daredevil. Actually, one of the books I really have liked by him. I'm enjoying it. And and in this fucking book, because he shows up, Daredevil and Tony Stark show up to the mansion in this book. This is basically what happens in this issue. Because Iron Man was in one of the books leading up to in one of these miniseries, and Daredevil, like you just said, was in one of the miniseries. And they're both looking for Logan. Remember, so they both remember the time up, Iron Man gave Daredevil electroshock therapy to erase his memory of him giving him eyes back? No, I don't remember that. That happened. <laughs> okay. There was there, they, during, yeah during the fucking uh, the Axis or whatever when all the superheroes oh, became God. evil. Yes, and yes, Tony yes. Stark escaped it. He went down to L.A. Silicon, put, Silicon put, Valley. Yeah, um, put extremists yeah, in the water supply yeah. and charged everybody a hundred dollars a day to keep looking hot. That I remember. Yeah, that was that weird Tom Taylor Iron Man, <laughs> yeah. superior, superior Iron Man. Yeah, the superior yeah, Iron Man. Where like was, we're like, oh yeah, yeah, like Captain America's now a black guy. Thor is now a lady, and Tony Stark moved. That was a fucking weird time. <laughs> yeah, that access fucked up a lot of things. So, yeah, anyways. of those three, one and a half worked. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? The miniseries? Or? Uh, no, 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 of, of the three, three changes, changes I just listed. Oh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, the three changes I just listed: Thor works what? and Black Cat in America <laughs> kind of worked. What? Actually, if you now that you mention it, one of the wow, look at that art. One of the only things that actually stuck that. Probably to this day that maybe he's good, maybe he's bad. I don't know. Uh, that was actually in one of these miniseries is the fact that Sabretooth has been kind of good now, like which is weird. Like not good, he's still killing people, but he's yeah. But the, the amount of the amount not, of good guys who kill people is fucking ridiculous, right? Yeah, particularly right. in the X Men, a lot of them right. have killed people. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, but it's he, a lot of murder and a lot of like human rights violations that, that none of them seem that that bothered by. It's almost like they knew they were going to move him off the board, so they made Sabretooth. <laughs> they made Sabretooth a good guy. <laughs> like, I have know? not yeah. seen Sabretooth since he made the change to being a good guy. He was in one of these miniseries, I believe. It, yeah, it I didn't read them all. I yeah. just I just read a couple that were kind of interesting to me, mainly because right. of the cast involved. Like, I like Daredevil, and I also sure. like a lot of the Lady X-Men. I don't know how he wrote him in that miniseries with Daredevil, but like as I was saying, I like Charles Souls' Daredevil, and it's almost like he never fucking wrote the character in this issue. It's very fucking weird. There's dialogue between him and Tony Stark. Either he writes a really horrible Tony Stark, or he forgot how to write Daredevil in this miniseries. When he gets around X-Men, apparently, Charles Soule does not know how to write the character. It's really weird. Anyways, it's almost let me like, just get through like X-Men this. steal people's writing talents. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, let me just get through this piece of shit. Um, <laughs> uh, basically, they go in there. They speak to Kitty Pride. There's a nice funny gag where she pops through the door to greet them and scares the shit out of Tony, of course, because it's Kitty Pride. You know, that's a funny thing she does. But up, but up, Yeah. A joke that uh, and the done. wasp ran into the ground in the yeah. middle. <laughs> um, so... And then they show up, and she's like, so, what have we collected? And she talks about the other two teams that aren't present in this issue. Apparently one of them found zombies. Apparently one of them found, like, some fucking other weird things. Like there's, And they can't make any connection. She's like, well, here's what we have. And she, like, brings up a PowerPoint. And they're like, you made a PowerPoint? <laughs> she's like, she's like, no, I made one of the students do it for credit in the school. <laughs> That <laughs> she like, and then and then basically they talk about uh, they bring up all these random occurrences that I guess the writers came up with in their own separate miniseries, and they're like, "What's the one connection to all this?" And like she clicks to the next fucking screen, and there's like a bunch of words all over the screen, and then the one thing that's above all of them is this thing called Soterra, 
And so Tara, I guess, turns out is some fucking organization with this person named Persephone. That fucking what? I, I exactly. I don't know where any. I don't know if they explain this in any of the miniseries, but I have no clue who these people are, or no clue. Like I've never heard of these people. It just seems like the red less Why you should care? <laughs> no, that's what I mean. Like it did not. It wasn't like a relatable character that that we maybe we could all know or. Uh, real understanding of maybe there was an actual story of why he was away other than fucking Marvel lost the license like to the Fox movie like you know what I mean like there is no fucking so they just make up some character and say oh this person was behind it this whole time and like meanwhile throughout the issue you see this person abducting different mutants who have the X gene in them but it hasn't become present yet and somehow she stole all this DNA from Mr. Sinister which was in one of the miniseries yeah Miss, Mr. Sinister Ooh, fucking yeah. cares. It was it was honestly the biggest fucking cop out of a reason uh, like out of nowhere of like all I was so mad reading this issue. I was like, "Really? Like this is the fucking story you're going to tell us now leading into return. Now I'm looking I'm even less looking forward to the return of the Wolverine because of this Man, issue." Man, I I don't know. In in I, this I, in this week's edition of if I had written it if I had written this, it would be, oh, Wolverine's gone. Where is he? He shows up. I was like, yeah, I came back. I was surprised it took me this long. And that's it. It's a five. It's a five-page issue. At the end of the issue, you see this Persephone person ha- has him. What the fuck by- kind of name is Persephone? Is that supposed to be Persephone? Maybe. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. It's like the P-E-R-S-E-P-H-O-N-E. gods, right? Right. Is that like in the That's Persephone? Sorry, I don't know how to say so it. So who? It's why, it. the, who the, why the fuck is she called? What? Fuck this! This is stupid. That's the person that's in Wicked and Divine too. Is that like supposed to be like a like Persephone a god of some is sort? one of yeah, the, Persephone is the, is the daughter fucking... of one of the goddesses. Yeah, it's, it's she's the there. reason in Greek myth why there's spring, summer, fall, and winter. Yeah, she's right. the wife of Hades. Sorry. So that's what that that's the name. Of this person again, but who gives a fuck about any of this? This is idiotic. She, she hates this, mutants. This, <laughs> oh my fucking god! Oh, that's that's it. That's fucking. It is twenty goddamn eighteen. X Men have been around for fifty goddamn fucking years, and they can't come up with anything more interesting than oh, mutants are bad. But it gets weirder. Her actual costume looks like uh, one of the people from that. Uh, uh, What's that show? The, the 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 something tale. The one where they all have those cloaks. Uh, that handmade tale. Uh, yes, thank you. She her costume looks like she's a person from the Handmaid's Tale. It's very w- weird. Yeah. Well, it's not that striking. It's just a fucking white dress thing with a hood. Yeah. What's the Deadpool joke? Dead man. Something about uh, the, the, like um, a dated. A dated metaphor for oppression or something. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> fucking God. And there's a goddamn two-paged article on fucking comic book resources that just says, Wolverine's new villain is actually the X-Men's worst nightmare. It's I, some lady. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. And, and, and if I'm ignorant to the fact that this character existed at some point, I'm sorry, but I don't think that's the case. And I think this is a very fucking stupid cop-out move of like we're bringing the character back and let's introduce a character no one fucking cares about like into this and say it was her all along that was that's had him since he's been resurrected and we still don't fucking know how or why and now he's got flaming fucking claws on this last page 
Again, which, they could have just fucking gone some Mystic River shit. I don't know. Just it, it would have been. Yeah, I would have had so much goddamn respect for Charles Soule and Marvel if they had gone full Mystic River and just built it up as this big conspiracy over these last couple issues, and then Dead End shows up, and Wolverine's just there. It was like, yeah, I came back. I just kind of woke up. I, I I just leading into the first issue of Return of Wolverine. Now I'm just not. I'm less excited still about the return, and and I'm less looking forward. I'm looking forward to it even less now because of this issue. It, and I was not looking forward to to it too much anyways, but I was interested enough to check it out. And now I'm just like, oh, I don't know, like because Charles Soule fucked up Death of Wolverine for me, kind of. Like I I remember liking it somewhat, but. But then, like, overall, it wasn't that great of a story. And then, like, now they're going to just bring him back. And, like, who's, like, I just want them to fucking get this over with and just give him a new writer already and, and maybe make it, like, bring him back already. Yeah, I, I, I want to get, I want to get the fuck over with because they all, like, I don't know. Charles Soule did a, like, Charles Soule and I guess, or the editor or whoever the fuck said it, did a real disservice to this whole thing by not even fucking pretending that, th- that this would be any kind of, like, long term thing. Like, the fucking second they announced this thing, uh, fucking Charles Soule or whoever the fuck made it, said at a panel, yeah, he's going to be dead for, like, at least six months. Right. So it's like, fuck you. Like, just saying shit like that just gives the whole game away. We all know that, but you pretend. Right. So, reading the fucking Death of Wolverine, I was like, oh, this means nothing. And then, have, then hearing them say, this means nothing, made it made it somehow mean less than nothing. Kind of fuck Wolverine now. Well, I mean, I've been fuck Wolverine for years outside of <clears throat> the occasional movie, but that's different. I haven't, yeah. I haven't liked like comic booky Wolverine since like either the Wolverine and the X Men TV show or um. <clears throat> what about what about what the Wolverine and the X Men book? Well, that, that was well, around the same time. Uh, so well, that, well, that's well, that's what I'm trying to say. Like the, the big reason. I mean, I've always enjoyed the character, but for me, when I came back to in the comics, you know, almost several years ago now, uh, Jason Aaron was writing the main series at that time, which led into Wolverine and the X Men. He was in, he was great in Uncanny X Force by Remender. At that time, that was like my sweet spot for X Men books. Like everything that was coming out at that time, it hasn't been as good. And I know we always talk about this on the show. At least I do. I'm I just I wanted to go back to that time, like almost. And I know it's not gonna happen but it's just like i just put a fucking good writer on this book like you know i, I just no and, here's a fucking and, idea write a good story uh, well that first i mean yeah because charles soul like like i said he's done some good things like the last I just, story i fucking read the last story i read in earnest about the x-men was when the x-men were somehow surprised that they had to pay rent after they parked their school in the middle of central park <laughs> Oh, I remember that. Yeah, that was and, cool. then they, and then they, they started getting uppity about it. Like, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. You literally Anyways. have a fucking teleporting thing. Just send it back to hell. It's probably safer. I'll I'll repeat what I've said probably in the past on this show too. The best Wolverine book that's come out in the last couple of years has been all new Wolverine. Yeah. Uh, with Laura, which has ended now. Um, which but is, there is next sad. 23 book out. I haven't read that one yet, but at all new Wolverine by Tom Taylor though was was fantastic. Through yeah, and actually, here's run. a question for you, Nico. Uh, what do you think about just the the amount of regression happening at Marvel right now? Because just fucking. Sam Wilson went from Falcon to Captain America back to Falcon. Right. Thor is now back being Thor again. <clears throat> Fucking Tony Stark is back as Iron Man. Goddamn. Like, 
like we got we got this happening. Bruce Banner's back as the Hulk. So right. much of it is just rolling back to where they were right. before they started making and, any of their big moves. Right. And as I mentioned, they're doing the extermination right now because they're getting rid of the Bendis, young X-Men, and Old Man Logan has a series that's starting, I think, in a month or so that's called Death of Old Man. Like, they're getting rid of him as well. Yeah. Um, listen, they're doing course correction. Like, they made a lot of bad mistakes, a lot of characters we didn't like, a lot of fucking uh, putting out young, in, like, newer versions of characters because they thought that's what people wanted. Now they're kind of scaling back on it. I don't think they need to get rid of like you know what i mean like it's 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 one thing to admit that they made some mistakes and and course correct and 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 i believe that's what the fans have wanted majority of them me myself i I didn't like a lot of those those moves they did so i don't have a huge problem with it but at the same time it's like it 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 does look really bad like that they're just like you know what i mean like just just like very just like very quietly very very swiftly just taking all of their new toys that they thought people would like and just scooping them back into a fucking bucket but I mean, DC had to do it, right? I mean, we were shitting over, like, d- b- before Rebirth, there's a lot of fucking bad moves they made. That's what Rebirth yeah, was. Yeah, but, yeah, but they didn't, them, right? It, it, wasn't, it wasn't like with Rebirth, they just fucking went there mm. and then stopped and then were like, all right, so, yeah, so we're just going to be, we're just gonna be like, so all that stuff, we're just like, yeah, just pay attention to it. Hey, look, I do stuff. Woo, all stuff. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey. Mm-hmm. They got a, a Death of the Inhuman series that's coming out right now. Fucking yeah, they're, Christ. They're, yeah. No, that's you're absolutely right. No, I've I've noticed it as well, and and it's definitely that's Marvel's fucking it, answer to everything. Like, oh, this isn't going well. Genocide, right? Yeah, I mean, I can't blame them, but yeah, it does look bad. Like, it it's it's not they're not doing it in a <laughs> they're not I don't know they're not doing a great job of of like keeping it under. It's not like they're slowly doing. Yeah, no, you know they, I mean? they are it's, they are like, retconning <laughs> it with the deftness with the deftness of fingers of a fucking like. Of like fucking Frank Castle with a hammer. I mean, at this point, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even care if they pulled a DC, but they're always afraid to do that. Like you know how DC's like, let's do a rebirth, let's do a fucking new Fifty Two, and Marvel yeah, always just, prides just, themselves just every couple they, years. They're just like, all right, right. Yeah, let's just hit the reset button. Well, whereas Marvel's the, the, like, no, we have the longest running continuity right. of all time. Fuck all you assholes. They don't do the soft reboot like DC does. You know, no, so, no, like no, no, they do the soft reboot. They don't do the hard reboot. Right. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, they, yeah. I guess they do soft reboot all the goddamn time. Remember, remember that one right. time that Ms. Marvel couldn't get more than twenty issues before getting a new number one. Well, that's what they—that's their answer, though—is just do a num- new number one, right? Like that's instead of lo- rake, wiping the slate clean in any way. They they just yeah th- now they're just doing a bunch of miniseries and profiting off the death of all these characters. <laughs> like you said, like the yeah. So <sighs> I don't know. But they, but they need to do it. Listen, some of it has to get done. I understand. It's just painful to watch. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, Nico. Sorry, Bertie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, unfortunately, I'm not going to continue the shitting on Marvel train. Ah, shucks. <laughs> so, I can either talk about a good book that's not Marvel or a good book that is Marvel. Uh, let's Let's leave some room for Marvel. So the so good book is Marvel. Marvel. Okay. Well, again, speaking of stuff that Nico and I are going to talk about in a little while, a few episodes from now, let's talk about Desolation Jones, a miniseries by Warren Ellis, drawn by J. H. Williams III. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, J. H. Williams III. He got fucked. And if yeah, if anyone got fucked by the industry besides Alan Moore, who he also worked with. 
uh, it's Jay Choice the third. Um, He's the guy that got fired from fucking Batwoman because he wanted her to be happy. But uh, but beyond the fact that this is Warren Ellis, the main reason I wanted Nico here to talk about this is because this is a noir series that's dark as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Have you read this one, Nico? Mm. It's it's been forever since I've read it, but yeah, I, I have. Yeah, I think it's like yeah. eight, eight, eight so. Issues you know, remember the premise? No, no, please. I, I have read, it, but like I said, it's been so long. I can't tell you one thing about this book. <laughs> Okay, so the premise of this is that it's set in Los Angeles, but um, do you remember a really stupid show from the USA Network called Burn Notice Dead Man? <laughs> yeah. Imagine <laughs> that premise if it were better executed, because the premise of this book is that there is just a giant network of former black ops operatives essentially being held in operative confinement in Los Angeles. <laughs> their options are live in the Los Angeles area and keep your head down or die. <sighs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Fuck, man. Just Jesus Christ. Yep. But uh, the premise of this is that... Um, <laughs> So Desolation Jones is a private detective um, who exclusively works cases related to this gr- community of people. Hmm. And um, he is also he was also formerly one of these people, but he is also a special kind of fucked because uh, he was a uh, MI five operative, I believe, who was exposed to a um, MK Ultra esque. Uh, medical experiment by his government, which made him clinically incapable of feeling emotion. Hmm. And if you look at the uh, panel I posted in the chat, Dead Man, the writing really says, I am incapable of caring whether anyone in this room lives or dies. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I didn't know if I mentioned it, but yeah, that's some fucking J.H. Williams paneling. Yeah. It's I love, I love not that. normal J.H. Williams paneling, but it's well, there is no such thing as normal J.H. Yeah. Williams. <laughs> yeah, always. J.H. Yeah. Williams, no, Williams is normal paneling is just fucking whatever he wants. Mm. A little bit hard to follow, but fuck it, it's distinctive. Wow, this is an older book too, and look how good he was even then. Holy oh shit. hell yeah, man! J.H. Williams the third is fucking, is fucking amazing at this job. Just a fortunate that. This is the fortunate that things keep happening to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, so while he has that, I guess you can call it an ability, he'd kind of call it a curse. Uh, but, uh, he's, he's mostly a fairly, not just normal, but like a fairly weak guy because the, the treatments that made him like this have left him not only like basically he's almost hurt by sunlight. Like, if he's outside for more, unprotected from sunlight for, like, more than 10 or 15 minutes, he passes out or, like, goes insane. Uh Uh-huh. And he doesn't have any, like, particular skills other than, like, simple black ops stuff, which is mainly just, like, 
I guess since he before he became incapable of feeling pain or emotions, um, he learned how to he learned how to both experience and do and and do, induce any form of pain he could think of. So he basically sort of surgically knows how best to hurt people. Yeah, I just want to read this line. I just look up this book while you're talking about it, and I just kind of found this line, and it's a great fucking line. Okay. So. Winning a fight isn't about being the strongest or being a clever boxer. It's about being more willing to permanently fuck up the other guy. Yeah, I believe that happens when uh, he takes a crowbar uh, to a guy's uh, femoral artery. (laughs) 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 Oh, I need to read this. I like this war that Ellis. Yeah. Now, this is uh, fucked up, weird shit, but normal. And, like, like, uh... One of my favorite characters in this, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, is this black ops operative who is, like, the greatest information person in the world, but no one can bear to do business with her in person because part of her uh, her black ops experiment was, like, they were attempting to use um, animal pheromones to, like, induce, like, intoxication or attraction on, like, an animalistic level. What they actually ended up doing is essentially... Giving her the ability to radiate, dis- uh, radiate and cause fear and disgust with anyone around her. <laughs> like it, you can't be near her without feeling sick, angry, afraid, or all three, except for desolation because he feels nothing. <laughs> this is really fucking cool. Yeah, and I mean, it's a. I mean, it's a. Fu- like most stuff, when when you have a story whose whole thing is it's a noir setup story about black ops operatives, I almost don't want to. Do you do you guys want me to spoil the story or do you want to read it? I want to read it. Because okay, so I'll just say there's some weird fucked up shit and Nazis. It would be better than what ends up happening. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, I while while you were talking, I took my uh, copy off the shelf here, and I've been uh, flipping through it. Yeah, this it's great shit. Yeah, I I even like the just the look of him with the fucking goggles. He's got the gas mask around his fucking neck here. It's awesome. Almost looks looks like a uh, like he was like, for a second there with the goggles and this trench coat and stuff. You think he's like part of the Rough Riders back in the day or something? For a second, <laughs> no. But he, what he, what he kind of looks like is looks um, like a rapper from the mid nineties. Yeah, Desolation Joe's Dog Max Dogmaster X headline the Apollo. Yeah, like like he looks like a punk rocker if a punk rocker was in Akira. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He does have a kind of anime vibe to him. He definitely doesn't look healthy, that's for sure. <laughs> well, no, just, considering like what has happened to him and his yeah. lifestyle, he, yeah. no one would look healthy. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, no. I, <sighs> yeah, no, I have to revisit this at some point. Just... Yeah, Dead Man, you should read this. Oh, I will. Yeah. Alright, so I hope, hopefully that changed the tone enough for if you guys have to talk about anything bad, because I have, I think, only good stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, uh, I'm I, okay, actually. I got my shitty one off my chest. <laughs> yeah, same here. The two I have left are actually pretty good. Yeah. 
So uh, who's next? Uh, me. You. So let's move on to the weatherman, aka Total Recall, but not. Oh, awesome! Yeah. So the yeah, weatherman, Total Recall. Yes, the weatherman <laughs> is a new book from a uh, Jody LaHoop, I believe. I probably horribly mispronounced that name. And Nathan Fox. Uh, the book is about a weatherman on Mars. So it's twenty seventy. It's twenty seventy. It's twenty seven seventy. Uh, and humanity is living on Mars. Uh, apparently, a little while, not too long ago, um, everyone on Earth died. So the only humanity left is living on Mars. Just okay. There, yeah, just there was an event that happened that was uh, related to this terrorist group called the Sword of God. They did something that killed 18 billion people. And that's kind of the backdrop for a lot of the story. Uh, the story, for the most part, at least in the first issue, is about a weatherman. Uh, his name is Nathan. Nathan Fox, I believe. Uh, he is, like I said, a weatherman. He, sorry, Nathan Bright. He's a weatherman. He shows up on the news. Uh, and in showing that this is science fiction, uh, people love the weatherman here. <laughs> yeah, he shows up and it is like... It is just like he is a personality out there. He's essentially doing like a like a weather podcast almost. Okay. Just just, just like it, there's a there's like a little montage thing of him going through his whole fucking day, and there's one point where he just start gets a guitar and starts playing Mississippi Queen. So you like Ron Burgundy? Like he's uh, like, <laughs> like like famous like he was in that movie, you know? Yeah, kind of <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Because they tried to make them like the rock stars and that, you know what I mean? Like something like that kind of thing. Like he's like that popular, like people all know him. And yeah, like, like he, okay. like the whole thing ends with him trying to breastfeed a baby live on air. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then he, uh, he hangs out with his dog, uh, Sadie, pretty much the only person in his life that's like, Hey, yeah, just fucking cool. Uh, and he ends up on a date with a girl named Amanda and they spend the entire thing just kind of talking about each other and their history and stuff as a group of fucking space mercs show up and try to fucking take him and end up killing his dog in a fucking brutal way. And we spend the next two issues with a dog with half of its head missing. Holy fuck. Yeah. Like we first see it. Like I'm actually looking at the panel right now and it's just the dog just kind of jumps up on the, jumps up on the couch. Next panel, the top of the dog's head is gone. <laughs> That's gross. Yeah. So this all <laughs> happens, and then Nathan Bright gets arrested and charged with the murder of nine, of 18 billion people. Because apparently he is a key member of the Sword of God who had, who had like, surgery done on his brain to to rewrite his memories and give him a new personality, and then, and then plastic surgery to change his face. And so then, here's the, the, here's the rest of the issue will be about, um, will be about Nathan Bright and his... And the person he was, the person he was like beginning to date at the time, who was actually an agent sent there to arrest him, as they try to like track down the sword of God and figure out what the fuck happened and what and how all this shit went went down and everything. And it's it's interesting. I'm liking this. I'm liking this kind of like I said, it's very total recall to me with the whole like a on Mars, b fucking you, your your other personality is the bad guy. 
But unlike Total Recall, there is no question about about whether or not this is real. This is just straight up what is happening. And it's neat. Uh, art style wise, um, it kind. I'm trying to think of like the actual person that are, people that it reminds me of. Uh, it's a relatively sketchy style that has like very exaggerated characters about them. Um, like it's like a lot of, like not a super lot of detail lines on them, but it's everybody has like this huge amount of personality coming through in pretty much everything they do. Uh, there is a there's not a a detail to the gore, but there is like a energy to it. Like when we see fucking his dog's head explode, it's not like we're getting like individual lines of gray matter drawn in the viscera. It's a lot of just like fucking black squiggles and shit. But it hits like it would if there was if there was like a super amount of detail in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, backgrounds they like they're 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 a good chunk of the times where the background is just like kind of a solitary color, but it manages to work with what they're going for by having almost like the onomatopoeia sounds of what they're doing kind of work into the background too. With some of the stuff like having, like having you know the slash and the arg sound effects or whatever, having that actually be part of the background, and. Ooh. It works in a it works in a pretty good way, and yeah, I'm I really dig this so far. Like it's two issues in from what I have read so of so far. Like I said, I'm a couple months behind, so sorry I probably pro- progressed a bit more. But with those first two issues, it made a really solid first impression. So yeah, the Weatherman, check it out if you get a chance. I will. I believe it's an image book. Right. All right. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh. Well- so, yeah, I'm going to talk about Exit Stage Left, the Snagglepuss Chronicles. The trade paperback came out a couple of weeks ago, and I was waiting to read this in trade. You had talked about it. The cover the looks show. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The, you, Dead Man, you talked about this a few months ago when it was Yeah, I've, I've talked about it a couple times, uh, like, at the beginning of the book and at the end of the book, and I mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've praised Mark Russell's work on the Flintstones, and this is the thing that he did directly after the Flintstones uh, in that whole Hanna-Barbera uh, world again. Yeah. Uh, but completely different and separated from the Flintstones. Um, I, I, Similar I, kind I of wokeness it. to it. Yes. I, I love this. This was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, you weren't you were wrong. Um, yeah. So basically, as Dead Man had mentioned previously, um, this is uh, during like McCarthyism back in the day, and people are you know getting uh, blacklisted. Yeah. Lots of writers, and back they, when the know, they, back when the U.S. government didn't want no communists writing their movies, right? Um, but to make matters otherwise, worse, they teach children about potato farming or something. <laughs> but to make matters worse, Snagglepuss and a lot of other characters, including Huckleberry Hound, uh, people that are in his life are uh, gay, and they're not openly gay they're closeted at this time yeah, of because, course, because apparently because apparently if you're gay you're one with the party right uh anything that could basically give you that communist fucking if you are anything that, <laughs> if you are anything that straight white people don't want to deal with right then yeah you could have been accused and and then he couldn't be a writer and basically yeah he works on um he's a playwright for um he, he does stuff on um for broadway called? broadway yeah and throughout this, it basically, uh, yeah, just chronicles like his ongoing, uh, his life as a playwright during this time uh, period in time. Um, it has some timely references where I'm sure I didn't catch everything, but some stuff like in Hollywood, like there's a, 
there's like a part where he has to fire somebody. It's not right for his show, but he tries to explain to him that he's a movie star and that he's going to land on his feet, for instance, and he gets fired. And then it turns out to be, I think it's like Clint Eastwood or something like that. It looks like to yeah. me like, or, yeah, yeah so something like that. Just like, like, or if it's like, hey, that's funny. I, yeah. I know so, who that person is. Um, the, the artist did a serviceable job. I couldn't say whether or not if all of his caricatures of the characters that they were supposed to be referencing during this time period were great, just because whether or not I realized it was them or whether or not it wasn't a great, uh, you know what I mean, portrayal of those people, and maybe that's why I didn't. Cause, I think, cause I think it's just a matter of, like, the way he draws, the way he draws, like, humans, mm-hmm. like, especially, like, human men, there's not a whole lot of super differentiating factors between people when they're not, like, a main character. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's fair to say, and I I think that, um, I mean I th- I think his Snagglepuss though looks great, great looking. Oh, yeah, snag- the, like, the it, animals it, look fucking incredible. Yeah, like the emoting that he does on these animals is fantastic. Like the the actual like just like with Snagglepuss and Huckleberry or Hound. Anyways, my favorite moving part about this fucking book that made me really sad is the fact that Huckleberry Hound was forced to he ended up killing himself because yeah, Huck man. Um, because of the fact that he he couldn't be openly gay and he was tired and he and he finally found someone he was in love with uh, in the cop. He yeah. was a horse cop, and then the cop uh, the, had the guy beats the shit out of him. Right, he's forced to. They they take down the one bar that all the gay like the closeted people were, I guess would go and drink at, and he he had finally found himself. Like he came back from home. Um, um, Snagglepuss had left home where they were from, and they said, "Listen, I'm going to go make a way for myself. I'm going to start a new life. You I'm going to be a star on Broadway." Right, right, and and he said to him, "He's like, no, I I can't come with you right now," and and uh, and so he refused. Uh, and, and, and then later on he invites him out cause I guess he can, you know, he's, uh, you know, let, let me get you on your feet. Like come out here to the big city. Yeah. Like, you know, like, like, Huck uh, had a, like I, yeah, I think Huck had like written a book that got put out there, but then right. he got blacklisted. So nobody carried the book. So he was fucking destitute. Yeah, and his play is kind of like a mess throughout, like like getting everybody together. He has like some, you know, like draw, like dramatic, like actors that are just, you know what I mean, like over dramatic, yeah, and you're just like. Yeah, exactly, and, and you know he's struggling with that, and he's struggling with his relationship uh, with with the gay man as well in this, and this is also during the whole uh, Cuban um, yeah the Cuban Missile Crisis, uh, and yes, this is exactly. also the relationship with his beard. What he has the what uh, his relationship with his wife his beard. Oh yes, 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 yes. Sorry, no, I, yeah, his wife, yeah. And then you know he's trying to k- keep that going, uh, but you know she doesn't feel loved, and that and that's the case. And like, and, yeah, and, and, where- and like it's 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 a weirdly nuanced take on the thing because it's not like a oh you oh you don't love me. It's like it's like hey we're supposed to be friends. We're in on this together, but you don't mm-hmm. let me in on shit. Right, and then more towards the middle of the book, like he, she, he finally introduces her to his gay lover. Yeah, and, they had, and, they had and dinner and, together. It's like a nice little right. thing. Um, but at that point, it was a little too late. Like the, everything was already fucking like crashing and burning around him. Like this is right before Huckleberry Hound like finally had found some. Uh, like he he wrote him a letter and he before like I guess a suicide note or whatever. He said he you know thank you for bringing me out here. Like I I loved everything that was going on in my life. Like I felt gr- good for once. Like I found a place like I could. But then my boyfriend hit go. me in the head with a billy club and called me a faggot. So might as well. <laughs> Right, yeah, that was bad. So then, so then the cops go and break up this fucking place uh, because they're trying to take um, 
uh, Snagglepuss down. They're trying to make an example of him because they already called him in for questioning in front of a jury once, and he he basically worked his way out of it. But now they're really pushing the fact that, like, listen, like we're taking you out because you you made us look bad. Like now we're gonna blacklist you. We're gonna ruin your career. Like, listen here, you like, pink lion. Yeah. <laughs> So, 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 yeah, so it's just, it, and it's just this story, and then it, it ended on the note, like, listen, sometimes you just gotta do things to do them, you may not win every battle, but, like, fuck society, like, fuck what people think, and, like, stand up for your, what yourself and what you believe in, like, that's the message that, like, I, like, walked away from this, but I was, like, again, like, Mark Russell, like, I don't know how you fucking pulled that out in six issues in a fucking Snagglepuss co- comic, yeah, but, but fucking god damn it, you did it, yeah, it's just, a fucking solid writer. Yeah, and, and and I have even more things like to say on this, but like without getting too like because like I said, I've already said several different fucking things I really enjoyed about it. It was just a great, great, enjoyable book with layers and and depth, depth in the character and the time. It was a time period piece, like it told a lot about what was going on at this time, with while still giving you a story about these characters. Like it was just so well done. Um, great job again. I, I don't know. If Dana Barbera has any idea that they're doing these books, or or if anybody, I, mean, I don't know, you have like, to or, assume, right? I, but like, it's just crazy to me that this guy is getting away with these things. Like, does DC or are they aware they're publishing this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just it's just funny because it's just like there's nothing like that out there. I find like, and meanwhile, you got this little corner where Mark Russell's just fucking doing whatever he wants with the heart of, head of Barbera uh, comics. You know, from the Flintstones talking about uh, doing a satirical look at social issues today, and yeah. then you got the Snagglepuss Chronicles. Like, I just like it's it's just crazy. It's 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 yeah. it's so it's great though. It's actually, great. actually, um, these these fucking books got him fucking Eisner nominees. Yeah, and and now in a, a couple months he's going to be doing a uh, Vertigo, a new. So you know th- we talked about the Vertigo once again trying to relaunch uh, themselves. Um, the, he's going to be writing a book on his take on religion. There, he's already written two <laughs> like, of them actually. I, those are actual prose novels, the ones that... Yeah, right, yeah, well, yeah one of them is right, like, God, right. God is Disappointed in You, which is right. a modern retelling of the Bible with artwork by an American, by a car, by a New Yorker cartoonist. Mm-hmm. And the other one is a... <laughs> oh, fuck, sorry. It's a book of, of, I think, non-canon Jewish and Christian stories called Apocrypha Now. Okay, so this comic that he's going to be coming out with sounds something that's going to be right up his alley, then, if he's already researched and did all these Yeah, this things. dude fucking... Yeah, he's he's he's, he's got his lane and he's doing well in it. You, you, and you know what I didn't? Well, I didn't realize it at first when I picked up the Flint. So I just heard that was a good, interesting book. But you know what? He also wrote that we talked about on this show years Prez. ago. Uh, Prez, yeah, yeah. And I remember when we read Prez, we're like, "There's something here. Like this is this guy." Yeah, like, I remember this dude's we're gonna like, tap into something. Yeah, and and that seemed to be like his ongoing. Like thing, like I, I'm fine if they keep giving him these six fucking issue, twelve issue, whatever yeah, little just, characters to work with. Like he's 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 doing something with these books. Like uh, I would like to see what he could do with like a longer run series, but fuck it, man. Yeah, but yeah, no. Do what he do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exit stage left. The Snagglepuss Chronicles, the trade paperback is out now in stores. Definitely pick this up. De- wait, definitely wait, wait till it. wait, wait till he does. Um. Uh, Yogi Bear, and it's like a story of addiction. <laughs> hey, boo boo, I got picnic myself baskets. a picnic basket. As he's just injecting heroin. Yogi, we're here to help you. He he, he actually did a one shot this past week. Um, it was a Porky Pig Lex Luthor uh, <laughs> one shot. 
so yeah, I kind of saw wa- that. That looked I, odd. Yeah, I want to check it out though, just based not on quite, him. Not quite as odd as Daffy Duck Joker, right? But, uh, but fucking what? I mean, yeah, it could be. It could be another classic, uh, like the Batman Elmer Fudd crossover that Tom King did, right? Yeah. Like I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm gonna definitely be picking that up because I didn't pick it up because Man, as far as I understand, Dead Man, the premise of Joker Daffy Duck is that Daffy is such a jackass that Joker thinks he and that that the two click so he they try to hang out but Daffy's like uh this guy might be too much of a dick for me I got to figure out a way out of this without getting killed <laughs> Why does he care about being killed he's immortal I don't know maybe Elmer Fudd wasn't immortal either and when he fought Batman there was only one way it could end <laughs> Be very quiet. I'm hunting superheroes. Oh. <laughs> who fuck? Who the fuck knows with this? Yeah, there's I a know. Tweety Bird. There's a Sylvester and Tweety Catwoman one coming or has come. That one makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm just imagining. What? Just imagine now. What if Mark Russell and Tom King wrote a book together? Oh wow. I don't know. I don't know if that they are both their styles would mix well. I'm not sure. Who knows? All we know is Birdie would hate it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I was wondering how long that joke was going to take. Yeah, Not long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, that's the thing. I like initially, I didn't want to pick up any of those one shots, um, but then I heard Mark Russell did one, and now I kind of want to check it out. <laughs> the fucking Porky Pig, uh, Lex Luthor. I'm sure you know. It's like I'm sure maybe there's some Trump stuff going on in there. Maybe who knows? Probably. Right? Like I'm, maybe you know what I mean. Like I could see him doing like a Trump Lex Luthor type character, like or something. Maybe the, the, Trump's the Porky the Pig. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I if they were to do Trump stuff in that it. I feel like if they did... were going to do a Trump thing in that, it would be Lex Luthor as Trump, and that's not just that's just not fair to that's just not fair to Luthor. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, Luthor's a fucking nightmare, but at least he like is intelligent and like not racist. He's just xenophobic, right? Right. <laughs> like, it's cut okay, him some he, slack, he's guys. not racist. He's speciesist. <laughs> just like so long as you weren't, so long as you were. Born on Earth, he's fine with you. Right. <laughs> it's just the space people he has a problem with. Uh-huh. Okay, maybe it actually is a bit more apt. Maybe it is a bit apt to have him be Trump. <laughs> Got a little space wall. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that would have Marvin the Martian in it. Yeah, just got to keep these goddamn Martians out. So I got, so we're building space. So we're building the space force. <laughs> Illegal aliens. <laughs> Get them out of here. <laughs> oh, Illegal man. aliens with their giant death rays. Yeah. <laughs> just, aims that, just aims at Luther Tower and it hits Superman. It's like, there's supposed to be a kaboom. And, and then, you know, like, usually I'd be against this kind of shit. Like, it's not, if it's not done well, but he does it so well. Like, his criticisms on, like, the, like I don't know. Like, it's, it, it's done well, even, like, for somebody who... As far as I know, it doesn't have a huge background in comics. That's the thing. Like, like, a, lot of, like a lot of the books that he's written so far haven't really been like, oh, it's the Flintstones. But like, it hasn't been like, oh, it's the Flintstones, but with social commentary. Or it's been, oh, it's the Stanglepuss, but about McCarthy, but about fucking McCarthyism. No, it's been a story about like fucking McCarthyism or like or like the appropriation of native culture or all that shit featuring these characters. 
Yeah. He, yeah. he approaches these all as the stories he wants to tell first and then figures out how to fit these characters into them. Yeah. Which which is not an easy thing to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like, it's I not. can imagine. Like, that's that's what I mean. Like, some of these, that they, uh, few other people try to do that, it wouldn't hold weight. Like, I'd be like, well, this is bullshit. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, what is like, this? This is fucking stupid. Uh, yeah, no, but he does it very well. Um, like, Doomsday yeah. Clock? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> fucking super There you theory. go. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Bernie. <laughs> All right. I uh, guess I'll end on the highest note. I'll do this first. Uh, so, Tales of Suspense, Hawkeye, Winter Soldier. Yes. What'd you think? I liked it. It's a lot. It's a, even by the standards of spy th- thread thrillers, it's a tad too overcomplicated. <laughs> mm. it, the, the buddy cop thing kind of. Okay, so I guess, Dead Man, do you know what this is? Uh, no. Okay. So, for those who don't remember, uh, uh, last year, a stupid thing called, um, fuck, I can't remember what it's called, when, uh, Hail Hydra Cap took over. Secret Empire. Secret Empire happened, and Black Widow died. Trying to kill Cap. Tried to kill Hydra Cap. Wait, what? Yeah, that supposedly happened. (laughs) I have not even fucking, I didn't even hear anything about that. Yeah, well, she's well, back already. Consider, considering like... how, how <laughs> soon afterwards it was undone, no one cared. Right. right. Jesus, goddamn Christ. Yeah, because that was the, the thing. The premise of this book is essentially Hawkeye is trying to clean up messes left behind by Nat after her supposed death. And then he starts seeing her around as he's trying to clean up her messes. Uh, but he's fairly convinced she's dead. As is her other ex, who's also investigating these various things, the Winter Soldier. Damn, man. So, while so somewhere in Eastern Europe, they meet up, trying to chase down Matt. Um, eventually, they come across a uh, former Red Room operative who she was apparently trying to kill, and the uh, Winter Soldier. Th- it, is suspicious. It doesn't still doesn't believe it's her, but is suspicious why people are specifically using the Black Widow's calling card to kill former Red Room operatives when the, the Black Widow is dead. Because da 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 da. We need a plot. Yeah, plot is clones. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> God damn it, Spider Man. Yeah, the Red Room has the ability to make clones of all of their most useful operatives, and they have a uh, a psychic who can store the memories of people and their like skill sets and such. So they like they build a new Nat and put Black Widow's memories in this new Nat, but initially they were just going to give part of her memories back so she would be a uh, good little soldier, but. Um, do you remember that bear that works for the Russians? No. Ursa Major? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, a talking uh, Kodiak bear works for, as a black ops, as a soldier for the Russians. Great, a Russian uh, Kuma. Yeah, basically. You think Russian Heihachi taught him martial arts? Who knows? Yeah, you gotta take him and throw him into a Russian volcano. Yeah. 
Although, from what I understand, for the way the book ends is, um, uh, 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 my favorite line in this is, um, uh, former X-Men character Boom Boom is working as an FBI agent now. Uh, <laughs> and one of, one of the last lines of the book is, is like, okay, can one of you explain to me why I'm getting reports of a giant Kodiak screaming in Russian at passersby on the highway? <laughs> yeah, it, this book had some funny moments for me. I laughed quite a few times during. Yeah, no, I, he wrote a great Hawkeye, in my opinion. It, it's comedy. It, or, well, because um, Hawkeye is always funniest when there's someone who thinks he isn't funny. This, this is more of like the the fraction Hawkeye he's doing. Yeah, here. it is Hawkeye. fraction Hawkeye, but like, yeah, <laughs> but like, like Hawkeye is at his funniest when he's annoying someone. Yeah. Absolutely, and. And he, he annoys the shit out of Bucky Barnes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah of course he fucking does. Literally anybody who isn't Steve Rogers is annoys the fuck out of Bucky Barnes. So, yeah. Well, I bet um, the entire time he was with fucking Black Widow, he was like, man, I wish Steve was here. It's like that moment from the movies. Can you wear the Steve mask now? <laughs> Falcon's pissing him off. He's like, can you move out and move up? Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> Like, normally I'm not one, like, normally I'm one who, like, vehemently rejects any retarded fucking pairings that Tumblr comes up with, but Bucky and Steve make sense to me. Just like, just like, yeah, just, just fuck it. How can America be gay? Piss some people sure, off, okay. why not? Fuck it. What, what, do you, I mean, what, what else are going to do, Marvel? Another event book? Don't tempt them. <laughs> <laughs> what tempting? I it, I just I would just say like it's like well in the event of this and they're like oh a new event book coming but you say the yeah. event in any context someone someone in Marvel editorial jizzes their pants yeah so so basically I, there's a lot of convolutions I'm not going to bother you with but basically when Nat is revived with all her memories of knowing what the Red Room is and hating the Red Room because Ursa Major convinced the psychic to give her all her memories back she basically. Uh, sets about on destroying the Red Room from inside by creating... Do you remember the other uh, Black Widow? Yelena Belova? The blonde one? Was that her name or did you just stutter? That is her name. Yelena. Y-E-L-E-N-E-A. <coughs> yeah, no, she no, was, the last yeah. name. Because you went Yelena... Blah, 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 Belova. Blah, blah, blah. It's uh, yeah. Belova. Ah. Yeah, yeah I remember her. Okay. Yeah, so... The blonde. Yeah, yeah, so Nat makes multiple clones of her and has them run around as her, suggesting that the Black Widow is back to lead people to look for the Black Widow so that the people who come looking for her can help her destroy the Red Room. Remember when That's the Black really... Widow was just like a fucking murder lady? <laughs> yeah. Not as much fun, but it's easier to understand. Yeah, just instead of fucking... Hey, we got this fucking Russian super secret society that like clones women for murder. I yeah, I still prefer this to. Apparently, in the eighties, she was just Daredevil's side piece. <laughs> yeah, like she deserved to be more than a side piece, but like a bit less than this. Yeah, like Christ. Yeah, like there was an issue of Daredevil in the 80s where she was just concerned wife on phone after Daredevil thought it would be smart to go toe-to-toe with the Hulk. 
I'm a lawyer. <laughs> no, he probably thought he was going out there to fight She-Hulk, then got out there, realized it was the wrong one, and just went, oh, fuck. <laughs> and tried to nope out of there super fast, but Hulk just threw a tank at him. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I like this one. I like the art. Uh, this, like I said, the, uh, spy spy yarns can get a little too overcomplicated a lot of the time. But the thing that kind of saves this is, like I said, the buddy cop combo of Winter Soldier and Hawkeye. Because um, Black Widow being Black Widow, she leaves individual notes to Hawkeye and Winter Soldier after she disappears at the end of the story. Uh, Hawkeye says, the one to Hawkeye says, I'm sorry that I I let you think I was dead. You really need to stop hanging out with people who hurt you. But that's everybody. (laughs) Yeah, just about, considering his two longest-running girlfriends are Matt or uh, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> or the fact that his sidekick, con- or the fact that his, like... like oh, Kate Bishop. Yeah, the, yeah, his se- yeah, his secondary keeps shitting on him. His brother is one of his arch nemeses. He can't even run the fucking, fucking apartment complex without running afoul of the mafia. Pizza Dog still loves him, as far as I know, but I don't know. Is Lucky still alive? <laughs> I haven't seen him since that book ended. I mean, he's got. He didn't die in the book, so I would assume. Yeah, yeah he didn't but die, it, but it's comic books. For all we know, he fucking dissolved the dust. Yeah. Because I don't feel good. I don't feel good, Clint. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Well. Okay. So I mean, the author for this, I like Matt Rosenberg. He, the stuff he's done has been yeah. mostly good. It's just like some of it's just stuff I'm not interested in. He actually worked on Black Widow a bit in the before the before uh, what's his name Mark Wade took over. But um, I, how do you feel? And I can't believe this is his actual name, Nico. How do you feel about Travel Foreman, the artist? Uh, on this book or in general? <laughs> I either. That's his fucking name. Yeah. Yeah. Travel um, Foreman. He's got a yeah. He's the guy who did Animal Man. With is Lemire. he the sidekick to Judas Traveler? <laughs> Um, he's okay. I don't love his work. I think yeah, that, uh, yeah, he, he, he's got weird shading on faces when he does them sometimes. It's like, he, he I don't know. It's, I, I think his style fits some books and then others it doesn't. Yeah. And, it's like, it's serviceable. Yeah. He yeah. Apparently, he apparently worked on the new 52 animal man book when they were going super deep into like the red and the green. Yeah, no, no, I remember that. I remember yeah. that. And for that book, it worked well, for instance. Yeah. Like, I thought I his just, stuff was good on that, but that was a very, yeah. like, when they went into the green yeah. and all that, there was, like, a lot of weird, yeah. grotesque-looking things that his yeah. art actually fit. I like, feel bad you know? for him, because he, he's another, um, I think, I've, what's the, uh, the author's name? Uh, Christopher Priest, who I felt bad, because I hate, <laughs> I feel bad for Christopher Priest, because he's always the guy who follows up really, really great artists and such. Right. Uh, the writers, I mean, yeah. and to a certain extent, I think um, uh, uh, Travel Foreman might be the same as an artist because he had to follow up on um, Matt Fraction's uh, Iron Fist run after the initial artist, and that guy uh, Alexander Aja is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> David, well, yeah, David, David Aja. Aja. He did. He's the guy who did the Hawkeye book with him. Yeah. <gasps> 
Like that's he went off the, and when I remember that and he went off the went on to do Hawkeye with fucking yeah he is amazing that guy yeah you're, that's a good point actually I never thought about yeah. it that way I feel bad because like I don't know if he <laughs> to wrestle your dog there yeah no they're wrestling each other and I'm trying to shut them up <laughs> yeah no I, I, he's okay but yeah I agree with you he's not he's like yeah. I don't see his name and I'm like ooh yeah. you know what I mean like because like, like I don't. Yeah, it's weird to sit. Yeah, like, oh, I'm sorry, Travel Foreman. You're you're constantly on books where you are not the artist I remember. Like, you mm. are not David Aja. You are not um, right. Uh, what's the other book he was on that I distinctly remember? I was like, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the meantime, you can you can take solace in the fact that your plan may one day kill Spider Man. Actually, <laughs> actually, I think he fought. It's funny you say that. I think he followed. Um, the guy who was doing that Ultimates book. Didn't he come on that book, the one we were talking about earlier? I think he did. I th- Who was the fucking first Maybe. guy? That guy who... Oh, I'm gonna, I'll get back to you guys on that, because i got to yeah. check now. I, okay, so I'll ask Deadman this question. Uh, the only thing I could think of that you might have read that Travel Foreman did all the art on was Jeff Lemire's Animal Man. Oh, fuck, he did that? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. I liked his work on that. Yeah, he also did uh, some of the Immortal Iron Fist with Matt. Yeah, uh, yeah. With, uh, well, we pointed out he was he was he was so, the secondary to David Aja, who was the so. <laughs> so I just glanced over at my bookshelf there where you're talking. Yeah, so he followed. Get this: after the first issues before it fell apart with Civil War, that Ultimate series, the one that we enjoyed, he followed Kenneth Rockefeller. Oh, on that. Oh, that's, that's too bad. <laughs> so, so Kenneth Kenneth Rockerford did the first like 10, 12 issues of the series oh. before it relaunched and did Ultimates too, and oh, that's sweetie. when he, tra- that was with Travel <laughs> yeah, Foreman was, came was, on the book. I was comparing him to the Christopher Priest of artist Dead Man. So. Yeah, a little bit, a oh. little bit. Just like, oh, honey, oh, oh, like you're not, like you're not bad, but like, oh, fuck you. You are so unlucky. Yeah, no, you make a very good point. You make a very good point. Yes, he he followed (laughs) Kenneth fucking Rockefeller, which sucks on that fucking book. And again, I don't think he's horrible. I I just think he's yeah. I mean, I like the art. I mean, as bad as New Fifty Two was, I kind of liked that Animal Man book. Yeah, the Animal Man book was like one of the one of the few highlights solid throughout New Fifty Two books. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But that yeah. So I, I guess. You, you dude, you got to do some better work because with, I should have remembered that an artist named Travel Foreman exists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I felt so stupid asking Nico, like, what do you think of Travel Foreman? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like the name of a of a, like a joke indie game or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's an indie. I'm just an underground band that I, I enjoy. Yeah, they got their travel format. Yeah, they're opening for Portugal the Man later this year. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So yeah. Um. As a as a kind of like little self contained mini series, it's fine. Um, I enjoyed I, it. Yeah. Yeah. Like. And yeah. It, I liked it. Uh, fair enough. I I thought it in retrospect it was stupidly complicated and i'm always like no don't do clones <laughs> don't 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 do clones oh clones please for love of god <laughs> particularly from marvel i'm like please god no clones <laughs> like yeah x23 is pretty great she's been the only one to work out <laughs> yeah but um I, I okay the other thing i forgot to mention it ends with the implication that um 
Black Widow wants to work with Winter Soldier again on Black Opsy shit. I I didn't I haven't followed up if Tales of Suspense continued with that thread. I would have to look. But that's not a bad direction. They worked really well together on Brubaker. Well, to be fair, no one has topped for for um Black Widow and Winter Soldier working together, no one has topped uh Brubaker's Winter Soldier mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. That was good. Yeah. Which is still one of I that's still one of those legendary collections that I haven't gotten yet. And actually, speaking of legendary collections that I haven't gotten yet, you know what pisses me off, Dead Man? What's that? Godzi- Godzilla um fifth, half century war is out of print. Motherfucker. Even the oversized hardcover? Yeah. Oh shit, that's Well, I'm glad I got my I, fucking I, copy early then. Yeah, same. I was about to say <laughs> sorry, Bertie. <laughs> fuck. I, yeah, I fuck own a copy one. of that too. Yeah. I have a digital <laughs> copy, but that's kind of the book I want to like throw at sure. Godzilla fans to like Sure. Yo, <laughs> like, yeah. yo fucker. Ah. I mean, if anything, they're gonna enjoy fucking looking at the pretty pictures. <laughs> fucking David Stoke. No, James Stoko, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, from the looks of it, uh, there are still a couple available for sale on Amazon. That's Amazon America. Yeah. Oh, look. Yeah, you, look. You, 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 get the 20, you get the paperback for like 25 and the hardcover for like 33 What you should check out is the uh, just re-released it, Dark Horse. It was out of print, or it was a Kickstarter book. Uh, I have a copy um, that James Stoko did. It's called Sullivan Sluggers. He did the art on it. That book's really good too. It's right. uh, it's about it's about a monster baseball team. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Do you, okay. you think he's ever going to come back to Orkstein? I, I really hope so. I, there's he's talked about like he someone every year he'll like post a picture of some Orkstein thing he's doing like a sketch of some sort and like I think there's hope for it again like every year or two he he'll do that and and but I don't I don't know I have no clue. Everything he does, though, takes, like, a long time. Yeah, you know apparently, I mean? so detailed, uh, apparently so. in uh, July 2015, he said that uh, issues 8, 9, and 10 were in production, that he would release them when all three were complete. Yeah, so maybe they're not done. <laughs> I wish they did it, because I only have the trade paperback, and it doesn't collect all the issues that came out. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's it's only, like, I think, like, five or six yeah, for, issues. first five or seven. Yeah, so... Yeah. And apparently, so, yeah, uh, James Stoko plans for there to be at least six volumes with a total of thirty issues. So, oh, eventually, this is going to turn. So, in, this is going to so turn. When, into, De- when Deadman is sixty, it will be done. <laughs> no, but no, this, this is going to turn into a fucking like goddamn Game of Thrones situation where people want him to fucking finish it because they're afraid he'll die before he does. Yeah. Yeah, James Stoko is going to be fucking like eighty-seven when issue sixteen comes out. Yeah, but anyway, back in terms of the book, I was actually talking about uh, it's it's pretty good. I mean, it's a self-contained, pretty cheap volume. I got it for like two bucks. It's really good. It's at least it's a fun read. I'm not sure if it's a memorable, if it's all that. It's not a all-time classic of Winter Soldier or Black Widow stuff. Those are there are much better arcs for both of those. But this is perfectly good. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. So moving to my final book. Uh, let's talk about some motherfucking farmhand. Some Rob Guillory up in this bitch. Yeah. Yeah, so this is the new book um, written, drawn, all that shit uh, from Rob Guillory, the artist on uh, fucking Chew. Chew. Yeah, the artist on Chew. Uh, and it's a similar kind of thing of weird semi-horror sci-fi-ish food thing. Mm-hmm. So the book follows... Uh, 
book uh, mainly follows the Jenkins family, uh, specifically uh, Zeke and his dad, whose name escapes me. I'll just call him. I think it's uh, Jebediah or something. Yeah, Jebediah Jenkins. That sounds appropriately fucking hammy. Let me just double check that. Appropriately. Uh, oh, sorry, Jedediah. Ah, uh, yeah, that's the other one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Zeke uh, hadn't. Zeke has a. Uh, he has like married two kids, uh, son and daughter. Uh, they hadn't been to visit his uh, grand. He they hadn't been to visit uh, Jedediah in a while. Just like some stuff happened, and they kind of fell out. But then they decide to you know reconnect and get back together. So. So, so Zeke drives his family out to Freetown, uh, the place where the Jenkins family farm is located. And the Jenkins family farm grows something a bit special. They grow body parts. Through some fucking mixture of farming technology and pharmaceuticals, they have found a way to plant seeds that then grow like regular plants, but instead of, ha- but instead of like when they bloom or whatever, instead of like bearing fruit, they bear limbs or organs or fucking like individual things like we see we see multiple shots of in this thing of like of like we got these like like I got these like underwater plants that are growing kidneys we got fucking like bean stalks that are growing eyeballs there's like a dude with like fucking pruning like trimming shears cutting fingers off of a tree yeah it's fucked up <laughs> yeah and it is all doing it for and it like apparently this is like the most fucking profitable or like the most well adjusted or well fucking used whatever um like medical transplant supplying thing in the country. Like to the point where people are actually breaking in with cyborg arms to steal his shit so that people, other people can recreate it. <laughs> that's a plot point in this. The plot point, one of the plot yeah. points of this is a young child with a robotic arm who I think is Russian uh, breaks into there with an FBI agent pretending to be his dad, <laughs> tries to steal one of the fingers, uh, gets caught, has his arm has this robot has his robotic arm removed and then replaced with an arm from the tree, which is yeah, somehow sentient. This is all in the first issue too, man. Yeah, this is all in the first issue. <laughs> like, like one of the fucking farm hands cuts off the arm and then fucking Jedediah is like, "Girl boy," and the arm like drags its way over to him, climbs up onto him, and he <laughs> and he takes it and slams it onto the stump where teeth grow out of it and dig into his skin, and then the arm fuses to his body. And yeah, that, that's, that's going to be the thing of this. Just the mystery of what the fuck is happening at this farm. How is this happening? What do the what do these fucking plants do? And when will Zeke find out about it? Because he doesn't know any. Because he doesn't know anything about this. Oh man, it is. It's just kind of great seeing Rob Guillory back doing his fucking shit. I, I will say that because um, I, I think you only read the first issue. You said right. So far, yes. Okay, so there's been two issues that have come out so far. I will say that the second issue is actually even better than the first issue. So if you did, if you picked this up and you didn't love the first, tr- stick for the second issue because the second issue is, uh, I think, even better than the first issue in terms oh, of the impression it left on me. Oh, that's no good. There we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what just happened? Yeah, yeah, drop sure. for a second. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't even drop. It's like the the thing stopped for a sec like the whole app yeah it's i don't know the discord's kind of weird anyway uh yeah like when, when i when i initially heard about this thing i was like great we're gonna do some rob killer art not sure about him writing but right. that was kind of 
like like it's, it's always it's always the worry you have when an artist tries writing, but no, he does. Yeah. He did good. He did good fucking work on this. Yeah. No. I'm. Yeah. No. I. That's. I mean. Like I, this I might was, be a bit simplistic, or might be a bit like not what he's looking for. This felt very much like Chew. That's that's the one thing I think that might deter people, but but. I, I don't know if he was purposely trying to do that. I really don't because I think that he's putting a lot of himself actually into this character because like what I know of Rob Guillory, like where this takes place in this, in in this story, that's where he's from originally. And like, he has um, like, like he has two kids and uh, he, his wife is a white woman. Like I know certain things about like, so it's, and the character kind of looks like it. Like I'm sure he's putting a lot of himself into this book, even yeah. though obviously he doesn't have fucking these, you know, uh, <laughs> limbs and stuff growing out of the ground. You know what I mean? Like obviously not. Yeah. Like, it's not like a personal book in that way, but I think that like as a, is, as an artist, like this is being his first right, like solo, as far as I know, like writing thing he's doing, like you can tell he's, he's putting a little bit of himself i think into this character yeah so. and and like that that comparison may not be fair because it may just be it, it may just be feeling like because it is a rob guillory drawn book about food ish things mm-hmm. so that might be like an unfair comparison that my brain is in that my brain's automatically making but no because i i'm i i felt that too though in a way yeah so. but like even if even if it's not that's not a bad thing chew was great and like this is i feel right. of a similar level of quality to chew mm-hmm. see i can't wait to see where this fucking book goes i i am really excited to see what happens yeah save all right then with that nico uh yeah my last book i just want to quickly mention uh royal city uh this just ended uh with issue 14 this is jeff lemire's image series that he has been writing and drawing yeah for the past couple of years uh did you end up reading any of this dead man at all uh, i or? read a i read like i think half of it and fell off okay like last um, the last thing i read was uh it was a it was the middle of like a flashback arc okay um, about about like uh about like around the time that the brother died right uh, so I could, I would say, I mean, I know you have a lot of things to catch up on, but, uh, I, I definitely think it's worth revisiting and, and finishing because it is only the 14 issues that you find out now. Um, it wasn't meant to be originally. This was like, he writes a little thing at the end of this, uh, issue, um, saying that he originally had planned to tell a lot of stories in this Royal City kind of, uh, you know, town. Yeah, have it be like and, an and, anthology and, book. Yeah, essentially, exactly. And, and, um, but... It just got to a point where it came to a natural conclusion for him. The story kind of just took him there, and he thought this was a good place to stop. And he's at a point in his career now where he says he has so many other ideas, he doesn't want to spend too much time attached to any single thing. And he said, I guess maybe it's because I'm more restless now after finishing this book. But when I was younger and I was doing, I did 40 issues of Sweet Tooth. Um, it didn't take it out of me like this series did. Like he said, I put so much of this is the hardest project I've worked on yet in my career. I find, and I put so much of myself into the these pages and this story that I feel kind of just it just burnt him out, and he just reached a natural conclusion for this storyline. Yeah. Um, but you could not tell that that by reading this. I think it it was one of his better actual endings to his story. I thought it, it ended way more hopeful than a lot of the Jeff Lemire stories I've read. Um, it wasn't tragic in any way. Um, it actually left 
everybody in this family that you've been following throughout the story in Royal City dealing with the death of their son uh, years later, like the ghosts that the actual ghosts that are haunting them like of his of his of their son and brother and 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 and, and you you kind of went through all these individuals lives through these 14 issues in a very jeff lemire way in, in like a personal storytelling that he does with these type of small town characters and 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 it just ended on the note where they weren't all in great positions in the end but they were working towards getting better like what his brother was a, a was a drug addict in this he's in rehab at the end this um there's two of them like the son and his wife almost had a falling out in their marriage but they're trying to make it work at the end like things like that so so towards it was a very natural it felt like a very natural and and uplifting actual hopeful uh conclusion to the storyline they get closure with the brother's death you find out how that happens the two issues leading up to the end and 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 uh, and I'm not going to spoil it, but there's actually a great thing that comes out of that whole brother's death out of his past that we don't uh, you you find out in the last couple of issues, and it actually kind of brought again some more uh, hope into this world for this family and things to look forward to for their futures. So I really liked it. It was very endearing. I, I thought it was it was it was very Jeff Lemire. If you've liked anything he's done in the past, like Essex County, yeah, yeah this this, this this is very much, this is very much like a return to like a, like early Jeff Lemire for me. Yeah. Yeah, so and I and I've missed that, and I've missed reading a story that he wrote and wrote and has drawn himself, because the last couple of things he's done like that, like Trillium was like a sci-fi type of story. Like yeah. it's been more genre type stuff. I I found. Yeah, and this is this. You could it has some genre elements to it in love like, with the ghost stuff, but sure. Other than that, it's it's more like a psychological character study about this family. Exactly, and then in the same way, and kind of like a slice of life type story, yeah. almost too, like uh, in that sense. Uh, but yeah, more drama, and it, like you said, there were some supernatural elements with the with the ghost thing. But um, but yeah, yeah, it, I think it was it supernatural ended, to serve the psychological, right? Um, so yeah, I liked it. I thought it, uh, it stuck the landing. Uh, good little fourteen issue thing. If they come out with like a hardcover collection of this, I'll definitely pick it up. Oh hell yeah! Uh, yeah, um, yeah. And Jeff Lemire again. Like I know I, we, I praise him a lot on this show, but uh, these last couple of years, the man has been putting out a, a numerous amount of books that are all pretty high quality. And, yeah. Uh, and this is this is the pure the most Jeff Lemire ish of the books that he's because this is all. I him. feel like numerous is underselling it whenever we talk about <laughs> Jeff. Lemire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. It's like, like 50 Jeff bucks. Lemire, it has been a tidal wave over the last couple of years. Yeah, no, he's a force. And hell, sure. I'll say this to Jeff Lemire. He got me somewhat interested in maybe picking up an X-Men book, maybe. <laughs> no, that's actually one of his uh, <laughs> books I did not like, actually. I never actually, read no, it because yeah, why the fuck man, would I? It's X-Men. His old man Logan book actually was good. I'll say that. But yeah. the X-Men was shit. But still, I, but still, I was like, oh, Jeff Lemire, I might pick that up. I said as I passed by it. You're right, right. <laughs> that says a lot. That says a lot. <laughs> so, so yeah, Royal City. Um, it's from Image, and uh, like I said, he wrote and drew it. Definitely check it out. It just ended. Uh, I think there's gonna be three trade paperbacks that collect this all. But uh, me personally, I, I read an issue, so I'm gonna be waiting for that nice uh, deluxe hardcover. I'm sure that's gonna come out eventually. So, so yeah, check it out, Royal City. All right then, Birdie. All right, so my. Uh, no, I was about to say my favorite, second favorite, because it doesn't beat Desolation Jones, but it's pretty good for different reasons. Uh, Daughters of the Dragon Samurai Bullets is what? a <laughs> Daughters of the Dragon. What Samurai? 
Samurai bullets. Oh, crazy. All right. Yeah. So for the, I, I'm not necessarily certain if everyone knows this or not because it hasn't really come up properly yet in the Marvel Cinematic, in the Marvel Netflix universe where it would matter. Oh, right. But, yeah, this uh, was a Dar- thing. Daughters of the Dragon is a... It, it's essentially what um, Misty Knight was doing before Heroes for Hire mm. came back with her as the leader, uh, where she was just teamed up as a bail jump uh, a bounty hunter slash bail bondsman with Colleen Wing. Both of whom have shown up in the Netflix Marvel Universe. Neither very well. Uh, screwed to fuck. Yeah. And reading this just really emphasizes how screwed to fuck both characters were. Uh, so, um, brief history for those who care. Uh, Misty Knight was a cop who got her arm blown off in a failed... Not mo- a failed in the sense that her arm got blown off in the process, but no one else died. Uh, bomb defusal operation, because she was part of uh, EOD. Yeah. For uh, NYPD. And Colleen Wing is just basically a samurai. Just without the gi, she just has the She sword. swords good. Yeah. And she hits people with cars good. Yeah. Because a, a running gag in this series is uh, Misty buying old 70s anti- muscle cars and Colleen crashing them into supervillains. <laughs> 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 well, that's something. Yeah. Like she crashes a, 70, uh, must, a 70s Mustang into the Rhino. Ah, <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that car is dead. <laughs> Like, Not from you, the front, thankfully, from the from the top, but it's still no. The car is gone. <laughs> yeah, like if you crash into Mysterio, that's one thing. Yeah, but like it. Okay, so the the plot of this thing as a whole, ignoring Colleen and Misty, is that four villains who are so Z-list that I've only even vaguely heard of one of them, Whirlwind, um, uh, Jump Bale. And team up to raid a high-rise apartment for some jewels and stuff. Uh, what they don't realize is that they broke into the house of a crime lord. Who is trying to keep her, the fact that she's a crime lord on the down low. And that they stole a virus meant to, that she's about to try to sell to AIM and HYDRA. Uh, for the express purpose of crashing the US economy. Like a computer virus, not like a biological virus you know like that time that al capone tried to reset the economy by fucking i don't know nuking washington yeah just (laughs) comics don't seem to know what crime bosses do (laughs) yeah well i mean she uh her plan at least from the looks of things seems to make because she's selling it to people who don't care that much about money they care about, like, conquest and destruction. And her plan is to, like, essentially sell it, liquidate all her uh, non-material assets, and go somewhere while the world burns. But where? She Does she have a space station? Uh, no, she has a James Bond-style uh, island lair. That's still the world, though. Because <laughs> I... 
I've never fucking. I, it's a problem I have with those fucking plans of just like, yeah, as the world just fucking falls apart, I'm gonna be here chilling in the world. Wait. Like, yeah, you are as removed from the world as you can be before without leaving, but you're still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you still need I mean, things. I don't know. This, it's, it's a pet peeve. I, I would care about that if this was more interested in the plot, but it's mostly just, like, fun shit. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, with, uh, with a name like Daughters of the Dragon Samurai Bullet, how can it fucking not be? Yeah. Well, I mean, even the stuff I did, like, they hire an assistant to work their phones. And both Misty and Colleen are like, who would actually, like, we know we keep hiring the agency because we keep losing their assistants either to injury or they can't stand us. But who could they possibly send at this point? The guy they send I end up kind of liking as dorky and dumb as he is because his whole thing is, um... He's basically a cartoon character in the sense that his only superpower is he can't die. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They just send him in a mortal. They just send him in a mortal. That and does he does he actually die? Like t- like die? Quote unquote. No, no. But it's like no. It's sort of like a, a Looney Tunes type thing where supervillains come in pissed off, looking to either uh, get bond money or bail some to, to bail someone out or. To pay their to to appear for their court date, and whenever they're testy, he's trying to like, sir, you please, you really, it's like kind of, he's kind of Stephen writing it, sir, you really need to calm down. This is a normal process. While this is a place of like, business, su- sir, please calm down and lower your voice. While superhuman, like superhuman Atlantean type guys are like throwing him through walls and dropping like giant, bu- almost dropping buildings on him. He's like. You know, sir, this is getting really annoying. You're not getting anywhere. Can we please continue with our business? (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, that guy sounds pretty great. Yeah, and... Okay, and I got mad at Misty for one moment because... Okay, so Misty's whole thing is based in like the the black exploitation seventies shit. Like that's what created her. Yeah. Right. And th- this book, which I forgot to mention, is written by Justin Gray and Jimmy Palmiotti. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> references it pretty constantly. Like they keep dropping Superfly references, but for some reason, when this guy attempts to blend in with this style by dressing and acting like a white pimp and Misty calls him out it's like this is not some super flesh I'm like okay fuck you yeah. you can't do this. Just, have you looked at yourself <laughs> yeah I mean you even would you, okay so the, the, the crime boss who wants the, her shit back is a martial is a Chinese martial artist, of course. Of course. Uh, and so she berates Misty in a fight for not having good enough kung fu. And uh, Misty's like, no, my dirty bitch fighting style is much better than yours, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Sounds like a, sounds like a Pomiati line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. The more you want to talk about it, the more this does sound like great Pomiati. Yeah. <laughs> Since you said that, I was like, oh, okay. 
I mean, I mean, Misty gets her ass kicked by this person early on in, in the story. But... Are they in Brooklyn by any chance yeah, when this happens? Yeah, there you go. See, Brooklyn dude. And her and her response to after because her arm gets torn off because of course the woman has a fucking adamantium blade. Naturally. Sure. <laughs> after Tony Stark gets her a new uh, vibranium alloy cyborg cyber arm because he does that uh, <laughs> again naturally yeah uh, her response it's like because it, like uh, Colleen's trying to get her to like open up express her feelings she's like no I need to fuck so she calls Danny <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right need some of that iron dick <laughs> yeah. First you fist me, then you go, then you go iron fist on my enemies. <laughs> no, no, he just focuses all his chi, then just his crotch starts glowing. Yeah. Well, yeah. they also that well, after they fuck, they start arguing about who's responsible for breaking which thing in her room. <laughs> uh, Again, this is fun. Yeah, yeah. superheroes fucking is always kind of like that. Like it always ends up with just everything's destroyed. Well, particularly when you have the Iron Fist and fucking Misty Knight, who I did realize how much I miss as a couple. I keep waiting for that to happen in the Marvel Netflix shit, but no, they seem to be pushing the the Lily White couple and the just the black Batman and Robin couple. So yeah, you know, no, nothing interesting there. <laughs> no, why would they? Yeah. Now, granted, I understand that. Um, the Daughters of the Dragon was basically the female answer to the Heroes for Hire until they just became the Heroes for Hire. But um, I like that dynamic. Misty and Dan- Danny had. I mean, if you have you read uh, Matt Fraction's Iron Fist run, Dead Man? I m- maybe I've I've read a couple Iron yeah. Fist runs. I don't. I might not have. I I've been meaning to though. I've been meaning to like read up the, on the Matt Fraction runs one of the best ones because it gets into the idea that there are other immortal weapons besides the Steel Serpent and the Iron Fist, and it's like different gods uh, lending their powers to mortals for martial arts. Purposes. I'm the Aluminum Heel. Yeah, and of course they have a heavenly tournament because of course they do. Yeah, of course they do. They this this is an anime, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I Dan- mean, Danny's got to do this in order to become the in order to become the next Iron Fist because his homeroom teacher is the yeah. former Iron Fist. Yeah. So so the entire <laughs> so the entire last issue is just um, uh, Colleen Wing, Misty Knight, and Iron Fist fighting the Hand, Aim, and Hydra and mobsters. One of these things is not like the others. <laughs> mobsters. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's the same ones that were harassing Hawkeye's apartment complex. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> hey, bro, I, I'd love to see. It, like, hey, you, you guys, who do you fight? And then he, like, imagine like a stereotypical Italian mobster <laughs> mouthing off to like the hand, or <laughs> no, no, no yeah. just, just just like the aim science come up, science supreme come down. And it's like, hey, bro, what are you doing? Me, what are you being doing here, bro? He says, "I'm their authority." As they just pull out a Glock out of their fucking sweatpants. <laughs> And then some aim fucking nobody pulls out some science bullshit and turns them to bees. Am I a clown? Do I amuse you, bro? <laughs> Freeze, Ray. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm kind of surprised aim doesn't do that more. Just to go around freeze-raying people. 
Like, yeah, like someone from yeah, like, R&D, like, just, just got bored and is like, oh, fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like, AIM should have standard <laughs> issue, just rate, just, AIM, AIM should have standard issue random science guns. Just everybody it, from AIM. the one with the bee helmets, just, right? Just, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, everybody yeah, from yeah. AIM has I some different kind of the pistol. Yeah, everybody yeah, from yeah. AIM has a different kind of pistol that does some other, si- that does some different science bullshit. And it's like, it's like, oh, so my gun fires fire. Oh, mine fires ice. Mine fires crayons that kill people. Didn't, didn't Modok basically? Wasn't there their, he their he wasn't he their leader for yeah, a bit? He yeah, is. Aim yeah. made Modok to be their leader. Right, and then and then he yeah. went off and started the int- yeah, intelligentsia. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And now, the, yeah, now, now, now like Aim is owned by the Avengers. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so. Bobby. Um, what's his name? Uh, Cannonball or whatever. Yeah. Instead of adva- instead of advanced idea mechanics, they're Avengers idea mechanics. Yeah, that was. That yeah, was I, I, I don't thing. care about that. But anyway, um, I can't wait for them so to the unveil idea- Modoa, mental organism designed only for avenging. Yeah. <laughs> but like, okay, so it looks like the Tony Stark. Two- <laughs> so like the last the the last little joke the last two jokes in the book are. Are either in are either continued recurring jokes or just having fun with the stuff you set up. Where, um, in an attempt to fit in again, uh, the in, the invulnerable uh, uh, secretary starts quoting Superfly, and Danny is Danny asks Misty, he's invulnerable, right? He says yes. So and he iron fists him down the street. <laughs> <laughs> also, I looked him up. His name is Otis. Yeah, I forgot what his name was. I'm sorry. Which is great. Just <laughs> Otis is kind of a great name for just a character you beat the fuck out of. Otis. Yeah. Otis is the kind of guy who'd fucking try to goddamn... He'd try to fucking superfly Misty Knight. That's the kind of thing a guy named yeah. Otis would do. Yeah. So apparently... um, uh, Misty and Colleen made bank arrest, having the federal government arrest all of these um, henchmen from various criminal organizations. So Col- uh, Misty bought a new car. <laughs> and then Colleen drove it into the fucking porcupine. Like, Misty said, don't get in my car, call the cops, I'm going to need someone to arrest the guy when I bring him in. And she calls the cops and she's waiting on the line and she just keeps peeking over at the, at the car. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just like the second she takes her eyes off of it for less than for more than a second, it's gone. I went to get, yeah, I went yeah. to get take out and ran into Mysterio. Oh God, my ribs! Yeah, <laughs> I think that serpent was. I think that serpent was a robot, though. But because your car's stuck underneath it. Sorry. Go <laughs> on, Chinese. Yeah, call Daniel. We'll make it a night. So yeah, this was fun. Sounds I, like I it. wish, I wish this is what Misty Knight and Colleen Wing were in the Netflix universe, but apparently they're not allowed to have fun. Nope. Instead, Colleen is boring, and Misty is everything wrong with cops. Yep. Just everything. Yeah. Just fucking Christ. She was a big bitch in that show. <laughs> she said one so, of yeah, the worst I, fucking lines in the entirety of Marvel. Which was, she said. She, yeah. I, I'm not doubting it. I remember. But she had a I, lot of bad lines. You're gonna have to be more specific. Well, that's what. Yeah, that's Proof what I'm asking. Is an Which instant. one? Oh. 
I fucking yeah. hate that line. Like, I hate TV cops. Just and just in general, did they she, kind of did exemplify. she lower her glasses after she said that line? No, she wasn't wearing glasses. <laughs> no, no shades. No, no nope. fucking ratio. Nope. But no. <laughs> she wa- no. But here's the thing: she wasn't a cop when she said that. She was just at a crime scene. Oh, She'd been oh. let go earlier than earlier in the episode. <laughs> so she and Luke started just yeah, going around um, doing whatever. Yeah, so yeah, there was a issue, a, a, a brief incident early in this book where a cop tried to relay Misty's backstory to her, and she broke his, uh, she broke his hand because <laughs> I'm pretty sure comics Misty would do that to Netflix Misty. Absolutely. <laughs> Who's ready for Iron Fist season two? Uh, Yay! More boardroom action. Woo! <laughs> So yeah, you guys, um, you guys want to see fucking Danny Rand and his buddy fight in the fucking lobby of a Pier One Imports? Because that's good one. So, it, looks like, um, it looks like they fucking borrowed a set from the last Airbender movie. Uh. <laughs> so yeah, um, I mean Justin Gray and Jimmy Pagliotti are usually good for a fun thing anyway, and this is this is the kind of fun they are best at. Yeah, sure. So I can definitely recommend this. Of the three books I talked about, this was my favorite for fun. Not the best book, that's Desolation Jones, but this was the most right. fun I had of the three. Yeah, it sounds like fun. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm gonna have to check that out. Anyway, that was what we're reading then. On to news. So first up, it's some movie news. I believe that we haven't talked about any of the context surrounding this story. So James Gunn. Uh, oh, right. Okay. For those who haven't been following either either on the movies podcast or just in general, here is the story as it stands. James Gunn, director, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and 2, uh, one of the... One of the most like outspoken auteur voices within the Marvel machine. Uh, he got fired from Disney after a bunch of right wing fucks uh, dredged up a bunch of tweets from tweets from of his where he made really bad jokes about rape and pedophilia. Mm-hmm. This comes as a surprise to nobody because a he comes from trauma, right? Which that's what they do, and b. These tweets were already brought to light, and he apologized for them publicly years ago. But Disney, apparently unaware of the fact that they're fucking the Walt Disney Company, fired him. Yeah, Uh, the way I understand it, the guy who made this put the decision up the ladder to Disney to fire him basically read a tweet and took it at face value, essentially. Yeah, and by the time he got enough context to realize he had been duped by Twitter, he had already sent the thing up the ladder. So he embarrassed himself and his company because he apparently believed a tweet at face value, and he is a multi-million, multi-trillion-dollar corporation's multimedia man. Yeah, and he believed that tweet from a guy who I'm not going to fucking say his name because fuck this guy. Who I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure like the tweet he might he might have read was from a guy who got a pizza joint shot up because he believed there was a children's sex cult happening in the basement. Yeah, the pe- the Pizza Gate guy. 
Oh, are you serious? I yeah. didn't know that was. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. He, he, was, the, he was not the guy who started him. this or one of the main voices behind it, but he was right. a big force in it. Okay, I was not aware of that. I know of the Pizzagate guy. Okay, interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So anyway, after after he got fired, um, the like fucking people, every fucking filmmakers, uh, critics, journalists, actors, all kinds of motherfuckers started coming out of the woodwork saying this was a bad move. Including Dave Bautista, uh, who plays Drax, one of the main fucking characters of Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, shortly after all that happened, uh, the like the other Guardians, they were a bit less committed to James Gunn than um, fucking Bautista was. But after a bit, after a bit of time, they all signed a joint letter saying like, "Hey, we stand with James." And Bautista actually straight up said, "If they don't use James Gunn's yeah, script, why, I will quit." Uh, which is why Guardians of the Galaxy has been put on hold. Exactly. Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So Marvel had Marvel of all people, the people who let Edgar Wright go and still made Ant-Man put Guardians of the Galaxy 3 on hold. Yeah, cuz they kind of realized that. Like it, like if it was a if it was a hey, we let Edgar Wright go from making Ant-Man and the Wasp. That's a different situation than them letting him go from making Ant-Man cuz Ant-Man hadn't been made yet. Well, this hadn't started either. This was uh, in pre-production. Yeah, but yeah, like but here's they, the thing: he'd already made two movies. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. It's like they had no track. He had yeah, he had like, his like, track like, record. like like Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright had the track record of making movies, but he hadn't really made a stamp as a voice of the Marvel universe at that point. So they were so they were a bit so it was a bit easier to let to let him go then with James Gunn. He has made two of their movies that were, I believe, two of their bigger movies. Like both critically yeah, like and financially. He, yeah, and like he made people care about a side of the Marvel universe that no one really gave a shit about, regardless of how you feel about Bendis's run on the comics. Yeah, he is one of the more important directors in their fucking camp. So, yeah, fuck him. Yeah, no, I mean I'm totally yeah, on but, everything I've heard. I'm on James Gunn's side, and I. Uh, I feel like I feel like DC. I feel like not DC. I usually so used to think DC fucking up. Um, Disney. They won't. They just don't want to eat the crow that will come from admitting they <laughs> fucked crow. up. Okay. They made Song of the South. I know. I know. And Dumbo. Uh. <laughs> But anyway, um, I I don't I I want James Gunn to come back. I don't, and I both for because his firing was bullshit, but also because I can't. I'm having trouble imagining what Guardians Three would look like if literally the entire cast and crew is just yeah, taken I, out. I of can't it. imagine it. I. I yeah. My take on it is uh, I thought it spoke volumes that that the cast and crew signed that 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 letter and made a statement after it kind of died down a couple weeks. Well, not died down. It's still going right now. But the fact that I think it speaks a lot to the character of of him as a as as a human being for them to to uh, actually put their 
careers out there like that, knowing that this is a multi-million dollar movie that they're part of, yeah. saying that, listen, we believe in this guy, we signed on to work with this guy, we're, you know, we're kind of standing together in this decision that yeah. we And also, like, fucking major props to Batista. <clears throat> Absolutely. He's the one that kind of... Yeah, he, he was, yeah. He was the drove, first yeah. cast member to say, fuck this, I stand with James. Right. Yeah, and, and, it, he's the, and he's the one who said, considering, consider the kind of paychecks a Marvel a, a Marvel franchise character gets and then think about Batista saying I'm not sure I want to work with Marvel anymore if right. this is the state of things. Yeah. Right. I mean that's once I heard that I was like well this is all you need to kind of go by at this point because like it's not like Batista is an actor is known as an actor he's an ex-wrestler like that has all these opportunities. Yeah, he's not really known as an actor store. but at the same time like he Put, he's done a great. He's one of my favorite characters in those movies. Yeah, like, he's like, hilarious. He actually, he actually started <laughs> taking. I think. I think like the word came out that he actually started taking like fucking acting classes when he got the yeah. role in Guardians. No, he's great in the. He's great in those films. I, I'm not trying to say like, oh, he's a wrestler. Like, I'm just saying. But oh, yeah, he's not a traditional actor, right? And and to say and and like for him to put his career on the line in terms of like is his big movie role that he's got like at this point that, you know what i mean like that's, why though that may be why he's al- that may be why he's able to do it maybe because everyone else I in there st- is actors yeah but i still think it's pretty it's pretty awesome oh, no, man, yeah, the, yeah, yeah fucking like, fucking batista just hats off to you man yeah I thought that was really cool. Like, I think that spoke enough, like, for me. For I was like, okay, well, if yeah. this guy was a piece of garbage, like they're saying he is, then I don't. I doubt anybody no, I, would have said I've, that. You, uh, okay, like, poor taste jokes aside, nothing I know about sure. James Gunn would lead me to believe that he is a piece of shit. Like, oh no, James Disney Gunn. And, uh, for everything I've understood, for everything I've understood, like, even though his movies are, say that again. Like, even though James Gunn's movies are very much like. They have they have an air of that traumaness about them. The guy himself, from everything that I've heard, is just a fucking stand up guy. Like he would not have this huge mm. a stable of people behind him ready to stand up for him, as well as actors to keep coming back for his fucking movies if it was a piece of shit. Right. So yeah, rehire James Gunn. Yeah. That hashtag is out there circulating. Fucking. Let's get that going. Still, it's, it's already going. Let's put our hats in the ring, I guess. I don't fucking know. Who cares? We don't matter. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. So, uh, Nico, yeah. um, I don't know if Dead Man remembered to tell you about this or not, but did you see the trailer for Deadly Class? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, how do you feel about this? Because I, I have two things in its favor and one thing kind of against it. Uh, okay. Uh, I think my feelings on it are, I'm looking for very much looking forward to it. I think the good positives at this point are the fact that Remender is very much involved. The Russos are involved. And the fact that the one thing I'm, I, I, it's a good thing, but could also backfire. I think in the sense is there's a lot of unknowns in it and I don't, yeah. I'm not familiar with their work enough to say whether or not they're going to do a shitty job of the material or not. But it could also work in its favor. So that could be a bad thing or a good thing. That's the one thing where I'm like, eh, I don't know. Like, I don't know these kids, a lot of these yeah, my, people, like, right? My, my, yeah, my two big things are, I think Rabender has always been a pretty good writer, and his sure. the kind of stories he tells adapt well for uh, TV shows, particularly this one. 
the actor choices they've made all seem to be pretty good, particularly um, uh, uh, the guy who played Wong from Doctor Strange as the head of the Academy. Sure. Yeah, I know that one's good. Yeah. Yeah. My big thing is it's just it's sci-fi. The material, you mean? No, like, the, the, it, the the channel. It's, it's oh, on sci-fi. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and, and well, they've had some good stuff. I don't. Did you watch Krypton, Nico? No. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. But did you watch Happy? That. No, I didn't watch that either. Happy was I, solid. Happy was actually a really good show. I think. I I, I like the people in it. I, I it's not like I was like fuck that show. I just never had a chance to watch it. Um, but yeah, yeah. If, if you ever get the chance, I would recommend it. I I I thought Happy was. I thought Happy was yeah, solid. And you're a fan of the, the comic as well, so yeah. And I do think, think the show does a decent, if not better, job than the comic. Okay. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll check it out. Isn't there? Aren't they doing a second season? Yes, they are. Did I hear that? Yeah. Okay. They're doing a season two of Happy. Huh. Anyway, so yeah, yeah. I just wanted to. I just wanted to mention that because I know Nico's a big Remender fan, as am I, and. Yeah, have, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm definitely gonna be checking it. I mean, I love De- like Deadly Class is like my favorite thing he's done. So like, I'm this is one I ho- really hope that these stick like that, that works the show because I uh, I think it has a lot of potential for a great series. I mean, it, the, uh, I mean the, the comic series is outstanding. I love the comic series, but yeah. Alrighty then. So moving on to regular comic news. Uh, so. Riri Williams is getting her own solo series with her own fucking name on the cover. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. She's, I, despite her naysayers, she's a good character. Yeah, like, I was kind of one of those because it was just another one of those stupid fucking things of, like, just fucking put, just fucking make her, her own goddamn character. It, it, it felt forced. Yeah, but then you read the book and it's like, oh, she's actually pretty all right. So I am happy that she's getting her own solo series, and it's great that it's going to be under under her own fucking name. And her costume is not just an Iron Man costume, <laughs> even though I'm not that big a fan of how it looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, just if, in case you guys hadn't seen it yet. Yeah, I know I saw it. Uh, it's cool that, yeah, like you said, she's getting her own series. Um I was worried about a lot of the post-Bendis characters and their future at Marvel. Yeah. But it looks like they are making an effort to roll out these books with other people. So I think uh, hopefully this is one of the characters that that sticks, like that they don't actually just cast aside with the rest of these uh, things that didn't work, right? Yeah. So... So the book is being going to be written by Eve Ewing, who I believe this is actually her first time writing a comic. Up to this point, she has been a poet and a playwright. And she'll be working with artist Kevin Labranda uh, to bring the book up. Uh, apparently, she actually became the, like got got the job writing the book uh, because of a fan petition last year. Huh. Yeah. Apparently, there was like a little fan petition to get her writing the book, and then Marvel saw that and was like, "Yeah, let's do this." And she actually said while talking to the well, speaking to the Chicago Tribune, the campaign uh, was for me to work on Invincible Iron Man. And but when Marvel said we're actually thinking about doing a solo title for Riri, that was like, oh my gosh, it's the coolest thing ever. It's really special because this is a character that has some groundwork laid already, but it's still very new in terms of her role in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. It's also like getting into it's also like it's almost like getting into business on the ground floor. I get to play a role in really shaping who she is and who she's going to become. 
And based on more stuff that she's talking about in this interview, uh, that seems to be Chicago. Right. Just fucking Chicago, son. I mean, but who is she to have any background for having people petitioning to get her on the book, though? Like, I have no idea. Is she like a young uh, adult author? Because I know they're getting a lot of people from there these days. Like, I, I don't know who she like. She related to Al Ewing like <laughs> that we just talked about earlier. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I'm fucking. OK. No, I just I know. I, I just I know you're reading the article and it said, hey, yeah, all these people like push for me to get the book. And I'm like, well, who are you for people to like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, so uh, I she... say I want to write a book. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah so <laughs> she is um, a. Writer, academic, and visual artist from Chicago. Uh, she was a uh, she was an assistant professor at the School of Social Service Administration at the University of Chicago. She's is she a black woman yeah. too? Or oh, okay. I mean, no, I, if you mentioned that, sorry, I missed it. Okay, yeah, uh, no, that's, yeah. Her dad, okay. yeah, her dad was an artist, and her mom was a radio reporter. Okay, so like she's no, like a known Chicago person then, and that's yeah. why maybe they yeah okay huh yeah she's yeah she's also uh, written a bunch of like fucking uh, journalism pieces uh, prose poems okay uh, talking about um let's see here colorism yeah, school no. choice federal arts funding mm-hmm. race and pu- race and publishing and visual culture mm-hmm. all kinds of shit. Yeah, though no, this could be interesting. Then I, uh, I just I've never heard of her, but that's 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 interesting. Yeah. Hey, they've been pu- they've been pulling some actual decent writers out of places where I least expected them to come from. Look at what's her name, Rainbow. Yeah, fucking Rainbow Rowell, dude. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, who the hell is that? And then like, I was like, wow, this book is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so here's fucking yeah. hoping. Uh, yeah, yeah, that book that book is uh, so Ironheart number one is going on sale this November. So we'll see how so we'll see how they do then. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, so this is a bit of a thing. So at uh, Fan Expo, apparently this past week or whatever, um, some info kind of came out about the new direction, new planned direction for the Nightwing book. Uh, specifically that Dick gets shot in the fucking head. What? And then has amnesia. Fucking deal. Yeah, that's apparently that's the next thing, the next big direction. And this is all set in place. This is all set in motion by Bane. <laughs> After ruining Batman's wedding, he's like, he put a hit out on Nightwing. So somebody shot him in the fucking head. But then he lived, and now he has amnesia. Uh. <laughs> However, like, so keep in mind that this article is coming from Rick Johnston of fucking Bleeding Cool. Oh, God. So for all we know, this is a bunch of bullshit, but I saw an image of Nightwing with fucking scars on his head and a shaved head, so for all we know, that's fucking what's happening. All I know is, this is the dumbest fucking thing ever. <laughs> I, I was at Fed Expo, but I, I didn't attend the panel I'm sure this was discussed at. Actually, um, it was not. Apparently, it was just at a bar. Oh, really? Oh, well, so Dan, Dan DiDio probably had too much to drink then, t- talked about how much he hated fucking Nightwing, like you yeah, he, Dan DiDio was there. Yeah, Dan DiDio was man, at the show, I saw. Fuck the Bat family. They're a bunch of assholes. <laughs> Their books haven't been selling for shit. Yeah. Oh, man. What we need to do is we need to invest in Johnny Thunder. Uh... See, I kind of fuck everybody right now. 
That is not an exciting new direction for them. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's a terrible new direction. It is a dumb new direction. It's not a new direction. It's, a, it's one of the oldest directions of the book. Just, hey, we don't know where to go with a character. Let's just give him amnesia. Okay. I miss fucking Sean. Yeah, that was disappointing. It was horribly disappointing. It was just, the, it was, hey, we got this, like, real honest-to-goodness fucking sincere relationship. Yeah, fuck you. We're gonna have her. We're gonna have her go back to fucking shitting on statues with the pigeon. <laughs> yeah, God. they kind of they kind of reeled us in on both of these fucking possible relationships and just like, <laughs> nope. Get fucked, son. <laughs> you want oh, happiness? Man. Go look. Go look elsewhere. This is DC, motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's gonna do it for this week. Thank y'all for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks' time with more of this shit. Till then, I'm dead. I'm Birdie. I'm Nico. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>